welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 114 of Planning Face Syndicate. How are you all doing tonight? It's your boy, Chris, and we are going to be talking about Nova List Mania Breakdown, and we're going to have a conversation around standard loadout cards. Tonight, JJ will not be joining us as he is on his way back from Nova, so we're going to kind of... We're going to kind of let him have the night off. He may show up. Um, I told him when he gets in, if he wants to join and tell us about his experience, we'll hold the Nova segment till the very last segment. So if you're here right now for just Nova list discussions, you got to wait Yeah, probably about an hour and then we'll do our Nova list discussions. But I want to do a few other things first. Um, but before we get into, into it tonight, I want to give a heartfelt um, sentiment to Greg from Nickel City. And um, from or to Nick from three one two Squadron, uh, I found out last week they ran a charity, um, basically a donation drive for my daughter um, who has cancer, and I'm ever grateful to them and to the community that donated. So um, it is very very hard <laughs> having that, and we I'll be honest, I haven't been super quiet about it, but it has also not been something I bring up every week and. And this and that. So I just thought I would um, give a shout out to Greg and Nick as well as the community for um, helping out because um, it is not um, the easiest thing to go through. Um, and I guess since we're talking about it, I might as well provide a slight update. Um, so we are on a new medication. So we we were taking two types of medication. And then at the end of July, one, we are no longer allowed to take because we've had the like legal amount you can have. So they gave us a new medication called a VEGF inhibitor, which is supposed to help shrink the blood cells around the tumor that will allow us to have the tumor extracted here, um, hopefully in October. So uh, she has to be on that medication for a month and a half. By the end of uh, September, we'll be at almost a month and a half, and they're going to scan and decide if they're able to take the tumor out or if we have to wait. So... But either which way, I thought I'd provide a slight update and, again, thank the community for um, donating to the cause. Thank you all. And, again, the special thanks to Nick and Greg, who, by the way, they reached out to me in independently uh, to ask about this. So um, I, I, really, I, I really think the X-Wing community is one of the best communities I've ever personally been involved with. Um, so, but enough of that stuff. Let me bring on my co-host tonight, the benchwarmer himself, Alex. How are you tonight, sir? Oh, I'm doing well. I got a fun variety pack of Michigan's own Oberon, <coughs> so we're going to have fun with that. Had some cherry Oberon. This is now lemon and orange zest Oberon. Hmm. I don't, I, well, I don't like beer. The cherry one I can see because I, I like cherry. Um, When I have cherry ciders, I like cherry ciders. But I don't under I don't understand the fruity beer thing. I guess it's the same thing like with fruity whiskey. It's just not for me. Like cherry, I do not like it. Sam Adams cherry wheat is fantastic. You can't have more than like two of them, but it is fantastic. And yeah. th this one is okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of people like those, and I know uh, if you're in America, it's a long long weekend for Labor Day. So uh, happy Labor Day to everybody and go support your local unions and there's my political standpoint for the weekend um but it is nice to have like a little bit longer weekend it's funny because our local group when we have these longer holidays doesn't always get together and i messaged and i was like hey is anybody doing anything because i literally 
have like I have nothing to do tomorrow. Like I actually like normally we go to my parents or we do something crazy like that. I just we decided with Nora and everything that we weren't gonna pack every single day. And like today we went and saw, excuse me, we went and saw They Live. Um, we took the kids to see They Live. So if you That's if you've awesome never seen movie. that movie, you should go watch that movie. Um, I found out today my wife had never seen it and she didn't want to go. So originally she didn't want to go, but one of my uh, sons got COVID and he couldn't go and we already bought him a ticket. So my daughter's like, you should just go with us. And then my wife's like, oh, I love that movie. That was a great movie. <laughs> I was like, I, I could have <laughs> told you it, you know, it's like, it's not your typical slasher film. Black and white, not for aesthetic choices. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's so good. I love that movie so much. Yeah. I've never seen it on the big screen. So like when it came out, I saw it in high school at a buddy's house. And then I saw it one other time, uh, my, my, one of my good friends is like obsessed with that movie. So what, like one time we sat down and he made me watch it with him, and I got the literal play by play commentary on the whole thing, um, for it. But it is funny because, you know, they have that, the fight scene, right. That goes on for like forever. <laughs> and my one daughter was like, does this, is this ever going to end? This is stupid. <laughs> See, they're not even hitting each other, mom. It's like that's what makes the movie. It's so great. I was like, yeah, it's, it's just like that. That's that weird eighties, like early nineties parody, like like horror sci fi type movie stuff. So that uh, he can see. Yeah, I he love can it. see. I love that movie. But and the, I the love other thing, David. My wife or my daughter goes, "Why wouldn't he just put the glasses on?" And I was like, "I don't know. Like we <laughs> we don't know. Like they never explain why he just wouldn't put glasses on." Like, just put them on. It's not oh, that that's hard. Weird. Just, just put it on and be done with it. And like, and the guy gave him a bunch of money and told him to, you know, fuck right on off and leave, leave out of this. And then instead, he obsessed over getting him to wear the glasses. <laughs> it's, I don't know. I thought it was great. It was like that was a couple, of, you know, hours in my afternoon was that they have other horror movies. They have Christine coming uh, to the theater. It was okay. <laughs> It's not good, but it, I've never seen that in the theater. They also are doing the original Exorcist. That's um, fantastic. So we're debating on going and seeing that. And then uh, my wife had mentioned um, Night of a Thousand Corpses is also playing. And she's like, oh, I might go see that. And I was like, eh, I'd probably go see that again. I haven't seen that. In, like, I haven't seen that since high school, I don't think. But that's I... not to be confused with House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, that is a slightly different movie. Yes, completely <laughs> different movie. Good yeah. movie though. But um, actually, speaking of that, I get to go see Rob Zombie tomorrow. So, oh. or not wow. tomorrow, the next day on Tuesday. So I took Tuesday off of work because I was like, ah, eh, long weekend. Just had another day on, and we have we had tickets that we've had since like February to go see um, Rob Zombie. So, and I get to see Filter. I've never seen Filter before. So. I don't know if you like Filter at all, but they just had a new album drop. It's really good. I like Filter, but I only know maybe like three or four Filter songs. Uh, but I like that kind of like mid nineties pseudo industrial kind of stuff. So yeah, and I always like that guy because he came from Nine Inch Nails, right? So he used to do uh, he used to do guitar work for Nine Inch Nails and Manson back in the day, and then kind of started his own thing, and then it took off and blew up. So he just never went back. Um, I remember he used to be like super political during the uh, Bush administration. Like he would like he would like sit there and call him out. And I don't understand why he never toured with Ministry because Ministry was the same way. And Ministry is going to be there. And that's one of my favorite bands of all time to see. Like I've seen Ministry a lot. Um, and now that L is relatively sober, the concerts are better. 
So, like, I don't know how sober he is, but I know, from my understanding, he's no longer a heroin addict. So, oh, that's um, good. We saw him one time where he literally, like, it was like listening to Ozzy. Like, that's Ooh. how fucked up he sounded. And you know how, I don't know if you've ever seen Ozzy at all or not. I have, yeah. 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 Hmm. I did see Dragon Force once, so they were hammered and wasted. So I assume it sounded <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Yep. And you could tell when they were using backing track. And I guess my, like, my buddies paid for the meet and greet. I did not. I'm not one of those people that like to pay that kind of money for meet and greets. Like, if it's like 30 bucks, maybe. But like I'm not gonna pay two hundred or two hundred and fifty. Like Yikes. no thank you. Um, but you know my one buddy is like he that's that's his favorite thing in the world is to meet the artists and get all the signatures. Like he has, I would say seventy percent of his CDs all signed. Like that's just that's his insane. thing. <laughs> yeah, he loves it. That's a thing. Like if we go to concerts, we have to either drive separately or figure out different rides if it's during the week because I don't like if it's 11 o'clock and it's like, yeah, you know, I got to work tomorrow and I, I'm not young enough. It, like back in the day, it didn't matter, but now I'm, I'm old and like by midnight, one o'clock that bed's calling me and I need wind down time. And I can't just like walk in the house, eat a piece of pizza and fall asleep anymore. <laughs> like I used to be able to. So um, during the week, if we go to a show, we have to figure out something because I don't want to sit around at 11 o'clock, 1130, wait for him to try to meet the band. You know, but. welcome to planning phase, an X-wing podcast. Yeah, <laughs> welcome, welcome to Tanner talk about his musical endeavors. Uh, anyway, so sorry, it's a it's it's a laid back, silly day, and um, yeah, I haven't done much other than that movie today. So. But instead of talking about my personal life, why don't we talk about some X-wing? And we're gonna start. We're gonna start first off with a Patreon preview is what we're going to do. And I don't want to spend very long on this, but I want to go over and kind of update people. Cause I, I'll be frank and say, I am not very good at Patreon. It is not a forte of mine. Um, and in the past we had, I, the last podcast I ran, I had a different platform we use and we switched to Patreon and it just never worked. Um, but I've gone through and revamped some of the tiers and we have commissioned, um, artwork from an artist, uh, Corey Hill, um, who has, graciously um uh donated the designs um we will be ordering all of this stuff i officially have the cards on order um they should be here hopefully before we get to our announcements about what's coming up for x-wing in michigan um but i'm hoping to have those cards before then we also commissioned some tokens where they have little different missiles on them and i'm in talks with um Crow paul creatives right now to get these commissioned. So um, I'm guessing because it's a long weekend, he's probably off on holiday doing holiday stuff. So I'm not going to push him, but um, I had reached out a week ago and started the dialogue. We were, we are going to have these tokens made and um, essentially what's going to happen is we're going to start giving these away on um, the podcast, um, some in-person events that we are running or attending as well as we'll be giving them away to all the Patreons. So, um, we'll get to the Patreons here in just 30 seconds. I just want to go through some of this artwork. So um, I had them do buzz droids. Uh, so everybody's favorite separatist thing. Um, and then we did discord missiles. So as you can see with the discord missiles, they are little buzz droids eating away at Obi-Wan's ship. Or we could guess it's Obi-Wan. Was it, it wasn't Anakin. It was Obi-Wan, I'm pretty sure. I don't remember anymore. I don't know, but R2-D2 and Anakin ship, right? That's an Obi's? I don't know. Oh, that is Anakin. Yeah, it's Anakin. Never mind. Maybe it was Anakin ship. I don't know. 
I saw that um, movie once in theaters. Yep. The other cool thing is Corey is giving us a unique background. So there, the back of the card is going to be specialized and it's going to be full art. So we went with the AMG theory and we're going to go full art on the background. And our logo is very minimized. So if you get one of our cards, you don't have to go, oh, fuck me. That's his, you know, planning face syndicate. You know, like it's got their damn big logo, blah, blah, blah. It will have our logo on it. It will have Corey's name on it, but it is not going to be um, like, it's not going to be prominent. I am not going to show you the back of the cards until we get them in. Um, that is a secret that if you want to join our Patreon, you can see them. So essentially what we decided is we're going to do sets. So right now we're in our missiles and, and torpedo set is what we're going to do first. And then after that, we're going to kind of change and maybe do astromechs. We might be doing force users. We're going to do different um, tokens that are going to essentially work with the cards. And the idea is going to be, the idea is, is that you're going to have the ability to get these tokens and they're going to be a unique token set for each of the different types of cards. I cannot afford, unfortunately, to put like a million tokens to press. So for now, we're going to be doing these, this set here of tokens, and that will be unique uh, for them. And they'll be handing out with some of the cards. So as you can see, we have cluster missiles. Uh, we chose an A-wing. Uh, you can imagine which A-wing has the cluster missiles. But... Um, we also are going to do Diamond Boron missiles uh, because my belief, personally, my belief is that the um, some of the cards will go up in price and Diamond Borons are going to be something people will be running pretty soon. So, um, I mean, they're only like five points right now. They're super actually worth it. It's just, yeah, the double missile slot thing and it's yeah. rough. It is. So for now, we I thought this would be a good one. I really like this card. Like I like Diamond Borons myself, personally. So um, I asked Corey to commission that. We also did homing missiles, and I know nobody likes to use them, but they look cool. I don't give a shit. I think, uh, you, as you can see here, a Jedi is trying to get away from that homing missile. That's my favorite card of these. It looks yeah. so cool. Yeah, I, I, I do like that one a lot. Um, then we are going to be doing ion missiles. Um, again, not super popular, but I'll tell you what. The missile piece of it just seems logical to have, right? Then what we're doing is Barrage Rockets is the last card set that we are doing. I don't know if I showed both the Buzz Droids. I did not put the other Buzz Droid one in, so you'll have to wait to see that. Um, but we put the lad in there. Yeah, you could tell that um, there's some Resistance Republic and CIS lovers out <laughs> do not worry. We will do other, you know, we will put other factions in play. It will not just be that. But the part of the thing that really drew me to this is, is Corey's artwork style. I really like this artwork style. And this is actually kind of the style we are going to be going with for the next, let's just say two years. So, um, and again, I don't want to spend 18 hours on Patreon stuff. Um, so, if you are a current subscriber right now to our Patreon, if you are actually a, a Patreon subscriber, um, we will be sending out, I will be sending out Patreon gifts for the last quarter and the quarter before that, that I missed. Um, I will be sending those out specifically here in the next, um, week. Um, I plan on spending tomorrow packaging some of that stuff up. Um, they will not be the cards or the tokens. These are going to be for Q4. Um, but I do have some, I have some target lock, uh, planning phase target lock tokens that I have that I bought. I have um, some, I have a special dial cover 
and that I bought for a couple of people and then who are on the higher tiers. And then I also have um I have some challenge tokens, which will be kind of the, the prize support for this. So we have five tiers. So I revamped the tiers. We, we're going to have five tiers. We're going to have a $2 and a $5 tier. So essentially the $2 tier is just, hey, thanks for joining the show. If you would like to support us, um, you could throw two bucks a month at us. It does help cover the cost of some of this stuff, you know, that we purchase and stuff we give away um, for that. The next tier is the $5 tier. Essentially, it's the same thing, but it's just you saying, hey, instead of just giving up a soda for a month, I can give up a cup of coffee. Um, or if you don't drink coffee, but you buy an energy drink, it's like the cost of one energy drink for the month. Or in Alex's case, it's the cost of two beers. So there you go. <laughs> um, so if, if you can afford to support the show and you would like to help us be able to give out prizes and help us run events, um, that's kind of the stuff it is. I will be frank and tell you that no money from the show has gone into any of our pockets that I actually have spent more money on our show um, between equipment and setup and stuff like that than we have taken in. And that's great, right? This is this is a for fun thing. We do this for fun. But if you do want to help offset the cost in any way, shape or form, um, it would be helpful because if we ever did get enough money, we might be able to like fly Alex out somewhere or fly JJ out somewhere um, like GSP does. Uh, right now, we do not... Um, cannot afford to do that. Um, Cover but, my gas to Carolina. <laughs> I, yeah, he, actually, Alex would probably rather drive. I, I do. I can see that. So, um, and that could be a possibility. We could go if you guys want to donate enough. We could go out to one of the tournaments they hold out there. That would be fun if Alex and I made a road trip. Um, though I think we would take my car, Alex, because my car is a little bit bigger. Unless it's just the two of us, then I guess it doesn't matter. Your car has AC right now. Mine doesn't. All right, we take my car. My <laughs> car it is. <laughs> um, uh, the next level that we have is the Pike Syndicate level, and essentially uh, we are going to have a quarterly small gift um, that we'll be giving away. Um, that can be decided, you know, one whatever it is. So essentially, there will always be some cards that go out, and then a little bit of the tokens. Um, if you join the $11 a month tier, you'll get all of the tokens that we create for that the series, um, and you'll get all of the sets of cards um, for it. And depending on how many we have will depend on if we can give out more or less cards. The cards, actually, I found out were not as expensive as I thought they would be. Um, I was relatively um, surprised at how cheap they were. Um, so my pocketbook did not have as big of a hit this week. <laughs> Thank God, because my wife might not have been happy. Um, <laughs> but... Anyway, so that's kind of what the tier is. We are also going to be starting a monthly Patreon-only show. I know I promised that before, and if there's people that have been Patreon for like a year now and you want your monthly shows, I'll tell you what, we'll do extra ones every month. You just got to message us on Patreon and tell us that's what you want. I also turned on, um, so if you are on our Patreon, we ask that you really please, please, please send me an email at plentyfacesyndicate at gmail.com and get me your address. Because I think there's out of out of all of them, there's at least one or two I don't have your address for. So it would be amazing if we could um, get your address and get that taken care of. And then I threw a twenty five dollar a month in there. You don't have to um, actually do any of that um, at this current time. That's just a um, that's if you really love the show and you have extra cash and you want to help. That that's the money that would go above and beyond the eleven dollars is the fun that we put in there to send Alex and JJ. Um, to different places. That's what it would be. So it's the FU money tier. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and we don't, how about this? We don't expect anybody to donate. And if you do, we're very thankful and grateful for that. All right. With that being said, let's jump into our roll call section. Mm -hmm. 
tonight for our roll call section, which is this section is where we talk about underutilized pilots, upgrades, or ships that we just think could possibly be decent for the current meta. Now, tonight, the one I picked is the bomblet generator. And you're all going to say, well, we already know that it exists. Is he, like, why are you telling me this is for the meta? What I decided to do was go through and say, how many ships can actually take it, right? And then talk about some of the pros and cons of it. And so while I understand that technically speaking, this is an underrated card uh, or not an underrated card, I feel that there's more ships that could take this that would make this a top tier card. And yes, I put extended in there because fuck all. At some point, it would be nice to have these extended ships back, right? Um, though I was more surprised there was less uh, car got people that could take this um, than I thought. And then there was a few of them that I was insanely surprised um, that could take this. So, Alex, you want to read the cards off? Tell us, what does Bomblet Generator do? So, Bomblet Generator, uh, it does cost two device slots, which is generally why you don't see it too much. Although, if you played against an Empire person any time within the past couple of months, I'm sure you've seen at least two. Uh, it is a bomb, two charges. During the system phase, you can spend one charge to drop a bomblet with the one straight template. And at the start of activation, you can spend one shield and recover two charges. Um, and then when it blows up, every ship around it, zero to one, and remotes, uh, rolls two attack dice, and they suffer one damage, normal damage, for each damage and crit result. Yes. And w what I thought was cool about this, I did not know you could uh, spend a shield to recover two charges. So... If your ship li lives long enough, right, you can spend shields to drop more bombs. That is the only way you can recover these on the ship that is depicted on it, the Havoc, <laughs> the Skurgs, because they don't have a reload. So you have to spend a shield to recover these charges. That is very true. It's really annoying. <laughs> um, But I thought that was really cool, right? Like, that's kind of a little, that's a cool mechanic I'd never... We've never really seen him play, and hence why I decided to choose this for our roll call segment of the week. So, to begin with, let's talk about each faction, and um, essentially only one ship in Rebels can take this in standard, and three total for the whole faction. And I about had a, a heart attack. I was like, "You got to be kidding me! Why? Why do? You, why can't B wings take these? Like that? Oh. Should, to me." This sh these should go on a B-Wing. No? You don't think so? Uh, I don't know. I mean, do you really want... I mean, I'm assuming they're not in there because they used to be able to take, like, trajectory simulator, right? Uh, when they built it, so they just want you to launch bomblets everywhere. And I agree with that. Let's not launch bomblets, please. But why can't a B-Wing... I mean, B-Wings don't... Like, the probability if you shoot it with three shots is not have any shields to recharge anyway at the time. But, hey, the config gives them a reload. Don't forget that. Oh, they can that's do, right. They can still reload it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe you can have one B-Wing that's kind of like a dedicated bomber. But I don't know. I mean, maybe it's still reeling from 1.0 infinite bomb days. So they're trying not to put it on a lot of ships. Could be. Yeah. Viking says they don't like the bomblet generator, and I I kind of agree, but for two points, I, I don't know if I have the bomb spaces on taking it. Um, in Empire, which is the most popular, obviously, we have 
Imperial Super Commandos is the only gauntlet that can take two bombs, which I don't even understand that. It's probably a typo. No, <laughs> that document, honestly. Right. That's crazy. Um, that's crazy. Right. I, uh, I didn't know, um, that was a thing. I just didn't. I didn't. I, I've never ran. How about this? Nobody would run that ship. Cause it's got what? 10 points on it. And two of them you're sticking here. And then the other eight, you probably should put a shield upgrade on <laughs> so you can recover. You can ha hopefully have a shield by the time you drop your bombs. I don't know. No one should ever run that ship, period. Fair in, enough. Uh, in Empire, the generic gauntlet, Christ. <laughs> um, I don't know. To me, that it feels like they did that on purpose. Um, anyway, Death Rain, which I don't think is surprising. We knew Death Rain could have that. Uh, Vagabond. Vagabond, a striker. A striker can have it. I... Don't know why you would do it, but you can. Right. I mean, I think the whole point with with Vagabond is that you can, uh, like, drop mines on people, right? That's yeah. like, granted, you don't have a lot of loadout to do so, but like Vagabond being able to move and then drop the bomb is really good. Yeah, it's it's kind of like the precursor to what we've seen in FO, right? You know, with the uh, bombers. Um, I don't know. To me. I, I how about this? I I am going to challenge JJ to figure out a list with Vagabond in it and Bomblo Generator and a shield upgrade because I think you can fit all of that and that's it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you got two points remaining after that. <laughs> so I don't know. It'd be hilarious. Uh, Tomix, Bren, obviously, and Campton Jonas are the other two in Empire, and those we don't even need to talk about those. Those are staples on that ships, but they don't have shield upgrades. So I don't know. Do you jump? Do we dump the uh, barrage rockets and take a shield upgrade, Alex? Just so you no, can recharge never. them? No, 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 no. You no? have reload. Also, you can just reload them. Uh, it's fine. All right, all right. Also, I just want to reload two of them at the same time. If you want to go back, um, putting it on Dutch is not a bad idea in Rebels. Mm -hmm. You've seen it a couple times. Just slap on like a concussion missile or uh, maybe like plasma torps or something, and uh, bomb generator. Just have five other points remaining. That's pretty good. Yeah, I, I I actually I agree with you. I like it on Dutch, and I think I think Dutch is just overshadowed right now a little bit in the Rebels faction. Um, but if let's say Han goes up a point, um, in the next points around, or I don't know, I still think Dutch is a pretty decent ship if you play Dutch right. He's just a little bit harder to keep alive. Um, but I think with Dutch, Dutch could be your support piece to some extent because Dutch could go get you the locks for your opening engagement, get his missiles off and then get behind you and just start dropping bombs and just kind of go back and forth that way. Um, and if yeah. you're shooting Dutch, like, I don't know, like, I don't know you if I would waste my energy on Dutch. You can do something like plasma torps or concussion missiles, bomblet and like ion cannon turret or like mm -hmm. a dorsal and R3, depending on how you want to config that. Yeah. And Which I like both those options. Worth it. <laughs> yeah. And Dutch is what four points, right? Yep. And that's why I don't think we see him. I think if they had brought Dutch in at three points, it would be no, a staple. That'd be terrifying. Yeah. I don't want so many free locks with Dutch. I don't either, but I think Dutch is an underrated piece, personally. Um, and maybe maybe with some of this Han meta, maybe people will start countering. I think Dutch is a decent counter with that ion turret and with the locking ability and the bombs. I really think that Dutch can be a good counter to some of these other lists. Dutch is an awkward spot because you can either carve out one point and put it boy Luke 
or like put one point somewhere else and bring like Keo. Fair enough. All right, let's move on to scum. Fire sprays. If you take the Marauder title, can yeah, take Dross the title, not is the Marauder it? title. Uh, it is. You're right. Yes. Why did I put Marauder? It's the most commonly brought one, so that's probably what you associate yourself with. I don't know. The Andrasta title lets you bring a, it gives you an extra bomb slot and gives you a reload action. Yeah. So all fire sprays could technically do that. Um, I don't know if I, I don't know. I, and again, I think you have to play with your loadout. It might be okay, but you lose your reroll piece with the title. And like, I don't know if that's really worth it to take bomblets. But well, you could bring Crassus and Sync Council and get a reroll re out the back like that one guy did. You could. And yeah, you can see he brought he brought Crassus with bomblet and sync council or sync laser cannons. Yeah. You don't get a bonus attack, but if you're running away, which is probably what you're trying to do, you could do that. Yeah. And I think it still could be good. And I you know, I think the other thing is, you know, we always talk about, you know, Eamon, right? You know, like yeah. you could do this with Eamon and like in a meta where you where mines are really worthless at this point, right? A bomblet generator is not a bad option. Again, you're just you're losing some of your your attack efficiency is the problem. Yeah, mines um, are good; they're just too expensive to bring right now. Yeah, nobody wants to spend spend ten points on a freaking proxy. Yeah. I know JJ loves his his cluster mines, so there you go. I don't know. Times seven point mine. Yeah, it's not for me. <laughs> I, I feel the Andrastatadel on Eamon and Bomblet Generator relieving you a bunch of other points might still be something um, to look at. There's only so. one ship I would bring Cluster Mines on, and that we'll we'll talk about it eventually. It's a couple of points down. All right. Uh, the next one is the Shadow Collective, which, <laughs> uh, by the way, that gauntlet, that gauntlet can take uh, the two bombs. I don't, again, I don't, I would never fly that ship, but for whatever reason, AMG's just like, Ah, here you go. Have a a a, a non unique or a un, non unique uh, gauntlet, and you can take bomblet generator if you want. And because it's the only non unique one, you can bring two of them and do that. All right, stop. You're you're ruining <laughs> this. All right, next one, Constable Zuvio. I don't think that's a surprise to anyone. I don't think you would bring the bomblet generator and Constable Zuvio, Zuvio but. Uh, you could. Zuvio, that's rough. Like, you let me drop a bomb and back up, guys. <laughs> but you still get hit by the bomb at that point. I know. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's why you want to bring mines with him. And then, like, ooh, they don't even have reload and, like, they don't have shields. So you have to. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then the next one that obviously this references is the Skurg. And you have Loke, Soul, and Nim. All three of them can easily take bomblet generator. Soul Six uh, is the person I would definitely put the cluster mines on because that too hard makes it vertical. So if a ship goes through it, they're hitting all three. <laughs> all right. All right. Too bad. You, all right. D, D's on our in Nickel City team. D, uh, you need to figure out how to do that. <laughs> I want to see it. Uh, if you do that, you have five points left over. So have fun with actually trying to load <laughs> out a decent ship here. Um, but yeah, I mean, Soul Six, uh, I believe if you drop a bomb, you have to do the barrel roll or you're still getting hit by it. Which is why I like Death Fires, the three banks. Because mm -hmm. like the two hards and the two banks still hit you. Fair enough. Resistance, obviously the all all the Star Fortresses. <laughs> um, but nobody's gonna run those right now until they become standard. Um Wilsa 
can take it. I did not know Wilsa had two bomb slots, and in resistance, that is a little bit tempting. Um, and we'll talk about resistance, um, Y wings in a little bit. But when Wilsa was, I believe, at some point she was three points. People brought bomblet on her. Now that she's four, it's kind of a big ask. Um, because she only has twelve points. You want to put bomblet. If you have another Y wing in there, and it's like, um, Zori, you're probably putting in war time there. Then you only got eight points left over, and it's like, what are you gonna do with like an I four Y wing? The answer is still just put on engine upgrade and targeting computer and a turret is much better. <laughs> but four points is hotly contested in resistance because you can do that or you can have like Kaz, Lulu, Lulo, or Dally. Yeah. <laughs> or like harder. three or four different T70s. So after you've gone down the list of like six or seven pilots, maybe. Uh, so let's jump into first order. All the bombers, but that's it. Only the bombers. They're the only ones that could take it, but they all could take it. So you could, you could do that and then do like, um, other weird things like with munitions or, um, other things. So breach though, can't, I don't know why breach is limited to one bomb slot, but breach is, I mean, breach is more like the torpedo based one. Yeah. It's cause it gets the lock when you move through people and it's got double torp slots, which is hilarious. Uh, so that kind of makes sense. It's more like trying to build that one to be a munitions platform than a bomb. But like, uh, you know, for the people that like play wrong scorch and do the uh, the bomber version, uh, they do put bomblets. I see that uh, that are like proton bombs. So it's not yes. too bad of a investment there. Yeah. In a Republic, we don't have gauntlets that you can run them on, but you do have R2D2 and Goji, right? I was very surprised to see two bombers in Republic with bomblet generators or ability to take them. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, typically you don't see that. R2-D2, like, you kind of bring him because he has a crew slot, so and he's only nine points worth of loadout, so you're not really getting a lot of impactful crew with that. And uh, Goji exists. <laughs> <laughs> it's a ship. <laughs> uh, that ability does only trigger on bombs, so you, you slap on some blade fuses and bomb generators, you can do things. You can also bring another bomb, too. He's got three bomb slots, three payload yeah. slots. So. Um, yeah, that's a thing. Cody played a Goji list in, uh, in Nova. Yeah. Someone I, brought it. Yeah. <laughs> it brought I mean... Goji over the scum faction. Hey, some people like it. It was fun. It's a fun thing to play with. Uh, the last one is CIS with the bombardment drone, but you get zero munitions, and you basically are spending three points to take this bomb when you could take protons and seismics, or um, you could take concussion, seismic, and um, a delayed fuse. So I don't know. I guess not. I don't know. Not. I would never I'll run that, that on there. So. It is worth noting that whoever the bomblet is affecting is the one that rolls the dice. So things like Han's ability will trigger. Yeah. If by had obstacles, you can reroll the bomblets or like uh, some Lando crew. If you have a green token, you can spend that to reroll your bomblet results. 
Yeah. So, I don't know. I think um, I like bomblets personally as like a thing. I wish we could run them on more things, but I think that's kind of the same thing as a double missile slot, right? You know, like I really kind of wish they could create something where it allowed you to have the two bomb slots, but then they would specifically say, you know, like let's, there's got to be a way to figure out how to give you the bomblets without like letting you take two separate bombs specifically or designate those ships. I don't know. It's kind of the same way as like, it'd be nice to have more double missile slots, but I mean, like, I don't think I want Tycho to be able to have double missile slots, <laughs> um, you know, like so that he could take rockets and I don't know, rockets and homing missiles or something. Concussions. Yeah. Do you know who does have a double <clears throat> missile slot that you wouldn't expect him to? Who's that? Rexler Brath oh. in the TIE Defender. Um, Matt would run him with Diamond Boron missiles occasionally. Uh, when we were seeing the really high kind of ship count betas. Yeah. Um, so slightly related, generally off topic, but yeah. <laughs> Rexler with so. Diamond Boron missiles is kind of legit. All right. Well, that was what I like. I said I just I don't know. I thought that would be a fun thing to kind of discuss. If you have a suggestion or an upgrade that you would like to see us cover, send us a message in Discord and say, "Hey, Alex. Hey, Tanner. Hey, um, PJ. I was gonna call him PJ. I don't know why Jeez. I was gonna call him PJ. Um, I'm tired. I guess. Uh, hey, JJ. We have this upgrade. What the hell is wrong with this? And why don't we see it? And if we feel it's uh worthy of discussion." We will add it to the list. So. Where do I put my Cad Bane crew? <laughs> Did well, you even know he was a crew? Nope, I didn't, and I don't know if I'd ever run him as a crew, but I'll tell you what, <laughs> Alex, you're welcome to have the next segment next week, and you can have Cad Bane crew. I don't can't imagine it's good, but I'll trust you. The answer is you run Cad Bane in the rogue class. Don't bring him as a clue. Uh, He's not worth it. <laughs> I mean, it's the same way with Grievous. Like, very rarely do you ever bring Grievous crew. Like you do, it is a niche case that you could do that. But he's um, actually a good crew. He is. He gets. He's like a show. Unlike Cad Bane, that lets yeah. you do a red boost after you drop a bomb. I ran Cad Bane. That's right. <laughs> I did do that when I first started playing with Iman and Boba. I ran Cad Bane on Iman because I don't know why, but I did. Ask JJ. Oh, maybe that was before JG. Maybe that was in the Charles time. I don't know. That was like when I first started playing X-Wing. So there you go. That's probably why. Um, <laughs> well, he also wasn't a pilot then. True. That is true. But I did use to run Cad Bane crew every once in a while because I thought it'd be fun. But um, on a fire spray, when you you don't stress yourself very often on a fire spray. So, um, well, now you do with the bump focus. You didn't used to before. <laughs> Back in the before days, you know. Anyway, so. All right. The next segment I wanted to talk about, uh, and I and again, I promise we'll get to Nova stuff. Do not worry. We will definitely be covering Nova tonight. There is a lot to cover in Nova, so we have de dedicated almost a full hour to be able to cover it if we need it. But I wanted to start um, really the kind of the show with having a conversation about standard loadout cards, right? And Originally, I was going to do this after we did the Nova discussion because we see standard loadout cards all throughout Nova, but I don't think we had to tell you that. I think you know that. Like, you know what's going to be popular at Nova. Um, you knew we were going to see Luke. We predicted it last week. Luke was the highest uh, running ship on both days. Sure. And um, anyway, so, you know, like, standard loadout cards are here, and they're here to stay. 
So what I thought would be a, a, a decent discussion, right, is I wanted to talk about pros and cons of standard loadout cards. And what I mean by that is I need I want to have a little bit more of a discussion than just saying, well, this is really good or this is really bad, and I don't care about specific cards. I want to talk about the concept. And we've we've touched on this a little bit probably about a year ago when they started rumoring that this was going to be a thing. And so we did have this conversation originally. We've already done a little bit of this, but hey, it's been a year. It's a great topic. And now there's a million of these things coming about, and I don't feel we're going to see them slowing down. Um, some of this conversation is generated because what did we see? Go, what are we going to see going on at mini extravaganza? Oh, X-Wings not included. And at this current time, I'm not, I don't, I have feelings about that. Um, very strong feelings, but I'm not, I don't want to go through a, a, the show and have that conversation right now. I don't, I don't know if it's going to be a constructive conversation or if it's just going to be, a, you know, us bitching about things. And I, I don't feel that that's, that's beneficial right now. I think if we see other things, we can have that conversation. But for now, I'm going to hold and push that to the side. What I will say is because we don't see it, my feeling is we are going to get more standard loadout cards. Um, we're going to see more uh, card packs rather than them giving us a bunch of new ships. Um, in the new ships that we get, we're seeing standard loadout cards. Um, again, Scum got Lebo and Dash, but you can't build them. Which, give me a six-point Lebo in Scum with 18 loadout points and a crew slot, and I'll be, like, ecstatic. Like, I would love that. That would be super great. But we don't have that. Um, Standard loadout cards also talk about, you know, how they interact in the game. Are they easier to balance? Are they harder to balance? So um, essentially what I felt we should do is let's start off by listing out some of the pros um, of standard loadout cards. So I'm going to kick it off to Alex and say, hey, what do you feel are some of the benefits of having standard loadout cards in the game? So uh, standard loadout cards are good for people who um, are new to the game. They don't have to buy, you know, for scum, it's really bad, right? In order to play a semi-relevant list, you have to buy like six different packs <laughs> just to grab some of their upgrade cards from... You know, if you don't have a rogue class, you're going to have to pull something from there to get, you know, like burnout thrusters, right? Very popular. I have no interest in running rogues. You still have to buy the rogue pack. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, it helps a lot for people just out of the box. You have these cards. Um, they are easy to balance within themselves. Like, you probably shouldn't have those new bomber uh, SL cards, right? Some of the... Uh, their talents would break a lot of the things in the game. But on those cards, they don't really do that. So you get a lot of like internally balanced kind of cards like that. Granted, you know, like should Luke be five points or should he be six points? That's a little bit of a different discussion, but like <laughs> in the cards themselves, uh, it, you know, you're not going to go crazy with their abilities. It also allows for some weirder variety things, um, non-standard like things you see on cards. Like Lebo has the rotate, or well, it's actually a lock link rotate. You don't have that at any other YT2400. Uh, you know, standard loadout Jonas gets a white reload. Uh, they did do that with like Agent Tyranny and gave her a, right, a white lock, but uh, you don't really see that too often. But yeah, you can have like different configs. 
Like if you had a standardized lat, it might be you don't have the fire convergence ability, or if it's you know, slightly different or something, but it's more like a missile platform. It's like what you've been asking for, right? You can do that with like standard loadout cards. I like them a lot. Um, honestly, they're a good supplement. Um, I build super janky things, so I'm always about customized cards. But like, I have no problem bringing uh, like SOC Anakin. <clears throat> kind of sucks that he has R two D two. I wanted my Obi one, but like, he's still <laughs> solid for four points. I'd still put him in a list, and that's the only way I'd ever fly Anita. <laughs> so, I like it. All right. So some on my side, I, I so I concur with you on all of that piece of it, Alex. I, I agree with you. I think a few other um, pieces of the standard loadout discussion, right, is it adds a different mechanic variety to the game that you don't get because we're able to mix and match these. And um, it does allow for, like, and again, the born for this is the big one. It allows for other standard cards to be, or other non-standard loadout cards, to be able to benefit a little bit from some of these unique interactions. I do not think they should ever give us born for this and allow that to be a stable <laughs> on the upgrade in Republic at all. Like, could you, uh, nope, no, no, no. It's just, we don't want to go down that rabbit hole because I can already think of Jedi that would just love that. I mean, especially with the Obi spending mm -hmm. a force to keep a focus. Oh, speaking of, Ugh. in my NCX game, I did born for this a focus to a ship that didn't have it. Spend my Obi charge to give that ship back the focus token. And it's on the ship that received it, right? Not the ship that sent it over. So it yep. spontaneously generated a focus token. And then I spent that focus token again to turn off the proud tradition. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's dirty. Yes. That's dirty. That's a very that's dirty, my like, friend. use of born for this because I think I've only used that maybe six times in my life. And could you imagine if you could have that on any Republic ship, no matter what? Like, it just was like an upgrade, like, dedicated that they said, oh, here, here's a two-point upgrade you could take that's a talent slot or, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Great, it would be, be a, like seven points. I know. Well, I know. That's Anyway, so I think that the, the interaction piece for, on the pro side, that's another piece of standard loadout cards. And kind of like you said, like, anybody can get into the game can have this. I will say newer players in our, our local do genuinely like them. People were running stuff I've never seen before, even in, like at a store champ. I was like, you got this? And he's like, well, yeah, why not? He's like, it came in the box. I was like, all right, that's a okay. That's fair. You know, like, let me explain to you why you could just build a better um, version of this. But hey, for now, like, this is a great, you know, like it's it's a great way to get you to start the game and get you to understand interactions. Now, if we want to talk about a little bit off the con side, right? I feel it to me, I feel it detracts a little bit from the list building in the game. Um, and I think that's because they price point some of these differently, but that's a whole separate conversation we're going to have in a few minutes, but I do feel that that can be kind of a con side of it. Um, some of the other cons I see too, um, it is, you know, if you have an upgrade, so for example, um, you have an upgrade that has high, like Luke has R2D2, you can't take R2D2 in any, the other part of the list. And so when a standard loadout card is priced aggressively and is really good, like for its value, it makes list building feel more restrictive than it did before. Like before, let me decide if I want to spend eight points and put R2-D2 on, on Luke or not. Because in fairness, I, I you do use it. Like I don't, I won't lie and say you don't use it, right? But if I'm shooting Luke, 
and he's left on one health and you regen one shield, I just need to chase you and put two more damage into you, which is not easy, but not hard at the same time, you know? But if I only put one or two damage into you, you're just going to regen those bloody shields and live. You're just like, you have to focus on Luke. But then it like, if I want to run a R2-D2 Han with Luke, I can't. I can't do it unless I want to take the six point loot or, you know, loot. And so I feel it restricts list building in ways I don't like. Hmm. Um, Which is weird because in like my Anakin example of like the R2-D2, Anakin is really good at four points, but I pay the penalty of getting him at four for bringing R2-D2, like boy Luke, right? You get that penalty. So I don't, I'm not sure if it restricts it. It just gives you different options because you're paying for that, the restriction on your the rest of your list by this cost being so cheap. Yeah. And I think another con piece that I kind of see with it is we see, we are seeing a lot more of them. So it, it feels like they are saying, here, let me give you um, a list building easy button. Now, back in 2.0 days, list building it was more effective than, you know, specific gameplay pieces, right? Because list building included negative, you know, or not negative points, but, you know, it, re it included bid points, right? Um, we don't get bid points anymore. So we don't have the same, you know, token, you know, the same piece of it that we had back in 2.0. But it, to me, sometimes it feels, to me, sometimes it feels like, hey, like, and again, maybe it's just because they like Luke and Rebels, but, like here, let, let's give an easy button. This is just an easy button for people to say. And like, I, I, I get it. Like you want new players to pick this up and just grab Luke and play the game and not die right away. Right. Like, like we've had a new player and I was like, Hey, you know, you're not going to get a shot next turn. You just, you just did like a three bank away from me and you're not really in any arcs. Um, but one, why, why would you just not regen a shield? You're not going to shoot anybody. You just regen your shield. Well, I didn't think of that. Well, you, just do it now. Just, it's okay. Well, we're, we're just playing a game. Just do the damn thing. <laughs> you know, like it'll, it'll be a learning point, you know? And I said, did you mean to not do it? Well, no, I thought you'd be here. So, okay. Well, either which way I'm not, you might as well take the bloody shield back <laughs> and take the focus token. Right. Um, but I think like sometimes when it comes to competitive play, it then just becomes this easy button. Right. And like, we could have left Han at eight points and given pre-built Han, which is still a pretty good Han. Though I still think I'd take Lando pre-built or Lando over pre-built Han, um, personally. But that's because I hang out with Alex too much. That's why <laughs> I gotta stop hanging out with you. But anyway, like I, I feel like it creates an easy button in competitive modes more so than we had before. You have other cons you see, Alex, or uh, is it really so much different than just stapling like outmaneuver on Grievous? Like it's yes. easy, is it? <laughs> Just giving yes. someone boy Luke instead of just putting out like last season's Grievous that just had out maneuver because you've never seen anyone else do anything else with Grievous on him. I did. Isn't that just the same? It is not the same because you could tweak that point value of out maneuver real easily. It's like an, that's an easy. Sure, but I'm talking about make. like list building easy mode button. Like there's so many like you don't see a lot of like customizable Tomax, right? That's not saturation salvo barrage rockets bomb generator there's always going to be something that like people latch on to sure but i feel giving us a pilot that's pre-built is in making it cheaper and this kind of goes maybe into the cheaper discussion right like if that boy luke was six points just, okay boy vader 
build your own Vader 7 and we have take your own Vader home. But Vader play style, right, is different. Build your own Vader comes with a different play style and set, which gives you a choice if you want that for that extra point. You don't get that with Luke. Like, I would never take a six-point build-your-own Luke over the... like. The only advantage you get is the boosting piece of it in terms of that ship, you know, capability. Other than that, like, that ship doesn't have the same... It's just not there. So, no, yeah, I don't agree. I don't think it is. List. Okay, I mean... I think that the choices lie in, are you going to take the sand and load out, or are you going to take something else customizable? I don't think list building itself is super different i guess and it and i think the difference with the grievous is yeah grievous probably was a that was an easy standard loadout piece right that we all can don't you have a printed with. standard loadout card i do just yes that? i do somebody i don't know if they made it for me but i got it at world somebody gave it to me at world when we were playing because they're like you're just earning this and i'm like yeah i know yeah it's gonna change i'll tell you now it'll change but um but i don't think that applies to a lot of the other ships in the meta Right, like we had a discussion about Vader's, and there is a choice in which style of Vader you want to play, right? And I think Kylo Kylo Ren is a great example, right? In 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 first order, Kylo Ren Whisper or Silencer is kind of a staple, right? But we don't all see the exact same loadouts inside of there. There's at minimum two to three loadouts for Whisper. I don't know about Silencer because I never run it. Um that's a different question two or three plus Cody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Um, so yeah, so, so Philo Ren says it, they, the, the choice of non-standard cards is an illusion. And I feel that's a negative personally, like the, the piece of it is a negative because I don't think everybody just runs a staple set and Staniszewski is a great, and I'm going to pick on Staniszewski a little bit. He's a great example of whether he innovated the list he's running or not is inconsequential. He ran a list at Nova that did very well based on his skill set plus what that list is that we have not seen do super well all over the place. Right. Um, for it, I guess, but like, I don't know if you look at rebels, <laughs> you look at pretty much everyone's running the same Bodica, right? Roughly the same fan. You get maybe two different configs you want for Keo. Are uh, you sure. doing like juke or are you doing the missile? I mean, it's, most of like what people are bringing are very samey. You'll get maybe a little bit of variations. I don't see how that's different than just bringing like a standard loadout card. I don't. Then you technically have the option. Yes. Um, I think. I think there's. How about this? I think like people would say there's only one dirge you can run in separatists. I disagree with that. I think there's four dirges you can run in separatists, and they're all viable based on how you your play style and how your list is. Yeah, I mean we could pick so. and choose pilots all day. Like sure. some of them will have a lot more variations than others. Yeah, like Afra, there's a whole bunch of different things you could slap on Afra. Exactly, and that's my point. Is standard loadout cards? I feel also limit that. I'm not saying that we should get rid of them. I'm just saying that I feel that it limits list building potential. Um, so to answer answer your, I hate. Do I gotta call you Thilo? Is that is that? <laughs> I'm. Just, I guess I'm gonna Jane. Uh, Jane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the to answer your question, would Stanler loadout on be used if Bistan was gone? I think people would play with it, but I also think Land. I personally think Lando's a viable uh, candidate. Um, 
And I think we had that conversation last week and then two months ago. But I feel um, personally, I I would be running Build Your Own Lando over um, over Standard Out Loadout Han. Now that's if, just me. If SL Han was the only Falcon at seven, that's a different discussion. Yes, I think there you go. I think you would get a fair amount of play. Yes, hundred percent. Yes, especially if you just rolled up with Luke and then just take the target lock later because you hit someone with a Standard Loadout Han. <laughs> exactly, or like a yeah. Keo or something, and take a lock with the rocket and boost to get someone an arc. Yeah, and I don't think eliminating Bis- the double tapping Bistan Han um, removes Han from the game to go to standard loadout. I don't think that happens because there is always the option to take Ezra, right? I mean, not that it's a good option, but there is that option. Well, significantly less strong. <laughs> the same, <laughs> the same. It, it exists. I mean, I would take Kanan you... over Ezra, honestly. All right, all right, all right. Now you're killing me. All right. Um, so the next piece that I, you know, the next piece of this, right, is, um, so, and this is the big one, right? To me, this is kind of the big one. What happens if still standard loadouts become the prominent piece in the game? So I was going to say, well, what ha- could we, could we do multiple, you know, packs, blah, 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 blah. But, but really the big question is, and I think the question that burns in people's minds is what happens if standard loadout cards become the prime choice of the game. So let's say we exist for another five years, which is what I hope for, right? Um, they'll be 45. Do I still want to play this game when I'm 45? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I do. I still want to play this game when I'm 45. So um, <laughs> in, <laughs> in the next five years, so if they release enough cards and do a rotation piece of it, and I think that's kind of like, I come from Star Wars Destiny. We're used to rotating sets out of out of existence. I don't agree with how they did it, but that's kind of like, that's how card games work. And if AMG decides that they're going to limit the amount of models they're going to release um, for whatever reason, and they wanted to talk about standard loadout cards, that's an easy button to press. Because, I mean, can you imagine having a 4.ZZ that they tweaked enough to give us a 4.ZZ? I am here for it. But at the same token, I would prefer to build my own damn ZZ. But if you gave me a four-point standard loadout ZZ that was decent, I probably would run it. Like, I probably would. Um, so Alex, do you, I don't, I guess, do you feel, A, do you feel standard loadout cards are going to be the prominent card sets in the game in the future as we move forward? And then B, if you, whether you do or not, do you feel that it would be a benefit or a hindrance to the game? Um, or where in that little thumb circle do you kind of, uh, end up in? Uh, I don't think standard loadouts will ever become the most prominent like way of playing. I think you would lose a fair bit of people for doing that. Um, and I think they already said like, you know, customized pilots are not going away. I guess they didn't really specify how minimal they could become, but I don't think that was their intention. Um, was just, you know, making them basically irrelevant. Um, but also like, if it came down to just like only standard loadouts, then you get some, I don't know. I guess there, there is a way you can say it becomes really skillful because if everyone's running the same ship, it really depends on who the better flyer is to do well with it. I guess. Like, I mean, isn't that the same thing that... in like FPSs, like hero shooters, right? They all like the same people, but it depends on your skill level with it. So I guess there's that. Sure. And I kind of look at it and maybe let's shift 
that conversation a little bit. Like I'm playing Diablo four right now, right? There is not one way to build out my character. There is, let's say three to five ways at least that are like popular. Do you want a DPS one? Do you need an early game treasure hunter? Do you need uh, an experience getter? Do you need something that does massive amount of damage? Or do you need something that is kind of a buffer for the rest of the group, right? And it's kind of like we talk about D&D in the same manner, but D&D has never played competitively <laughs> ever that I know of. Um, and no, do not invite me to your competitive D&D, please. <laughs> I do not. That's that's a no-go for this guy. Um, sorry. But I know that's a sidetrack. But anyway, like, I, I when we get standard loadout cards, it's like they give us pre-built D&D character sheets. That's what it feels like to me. Um. So do you feel that distribution-wise, right, throughout factions and things like that, that that becomes a hindrance in the game? I mean, does that hinder the game's growth? Because like you said, I mean, it then becomes a skill of the pilot to some extent. And I don't, to some extent, I don't actually disagree with it. I don't mind focusing a little bit more on that, and hence why we can see Duncan start winning Star Chance with things that seem a little silly, because the skill of the pilot doesn't always equate to the list of the, the pilots running, right? You know, sometimes things get through that probably shouldn't get through. Um, but it's Duncan Howard and that bloody, I mean, he submarined back into top cut, you know? <laughs> so um, anyway, what's your thought on that? Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think it would turn off a fair amount of people. I know there's a lot of like actually very vocal people in X-Wing that can say we can use a lot more standard loadouts, um, you know, especially for things like Scum that has, I guess now they have two, but like really nothing or like First Order and Resistance haven't even gotten close to anything for standard loadouts. Um, I just. Uh, no, I, I think they're. I mean, they're going to keep the, the customizable part about it. I don't know. Maybe I think of them more like cars, right? Where you have a standardized loadout card. It's just your standard kit that you'd have on a card. If you want to do, you know, street racing style stuff, you have to customize it a little bit. And then obviously points are going to go up. <laughs> the money's going to go up on the car to get whatever you want out of it. So. But, but then why were we seeing standard loadout cards being priced cheaper? Right. Well, like some of them. Seeing, There's so many seeing, poorly priced ones. Sure. And that's a that's a discussion we're gonna have too in a few minutes because that's another issue I have with standard loadout cards per se is a pricing aspect. But um I don't know, I lost my chain of thought. <laughs> I don't Damn know. It. You got like two decently priced rebel cards in Battle of Yavin, right? Just one of them happens to be incredibly well, like, you know, the best five point pilot in the game. Yeah. And I think if you, so let's pick on Rebels for a second. So if you moved away and made that six points, are you running standard loadout? Or are you going to be running regular loot? Well, they had that for last season and most people just ran regularly. All they did see people use uh, Boy Luke for a bit, probably because it was easier on them. Maybe it's because he has hope and the, the four straight boost, three, three and four straight boost. Maybe. You do lose an R2-D2 charge on that, though. Um, but, 
yeah, I mean, I just some points are priced competitively, and some of them are not even close. Yeah, and you can actually rotate those out. Like if you wanted to add some more variety, you make you know, uh, customizable, like Rhymer three points or whatever, and then but bump up, you know, uh, Boy Vader up one point. You know, sure. And I agree with you, except for they don't want to adjust points like that. Like I would agree with you if we would adjust points more often, but they don't want to. Their their goal is they told three one two squadron that they do not want to babysit points that they will make adjustments only when necessary. And we've seen that even though they slipped, they slipped the change in on us and didn't tell anyone. Um, but we've seen that with the, with, with the Lebo pack, right? I'm calling it the Lebo pack. Cause I don't know why you would run dash half the time anyway, but the Lebo pack, right? We see this type of a thing because they're, you know, like they changed the one mistake they thought with base <laughs> and nothing else. Nothing. They didn't touch Han. They didn't touch anything else. Well, I'm sure they'll still adjust points after, like, Worlds ended. Like, the, there wasn't really technically a, a reason for them to adjust points after Worlds, right? They just did it because it's a whole new season. You know, things got a little stale. Some things were a little silly. And they adjusted standardized cards with that in that they points did. adjustment. That's how we have Boy Luke at five. I know. So, I don't think it's like not like they're never going to adjust points. They're just not going to do it every six months or three months or whatever. Yeah, they don't want to invest their testing time on adjusting points. That's that's what they're telling us. That's all it is. Is they like because in fairness, if you adjust certain, like, especially when you get into scum, if you adjust certain things in scum, it makes it a lot harder. And I guess that kind of leads into you know like Jane asked the question or mentioned if they were even among factions, it probably wouldn't be as big of a feel bad but right now we don't see like in separatists there's only one standard loadout card you almost ever use um there was a second one with 404 but now with the way they shifted some of the meta for it there's no reason to bring 404 all the time like he's okay he's not bad he's just it's it's not like a luke or even an anakin you know like you want an anakin ada or 404 I want an Anakin eight on four points. <laughs> like, sorry. Sure, but I mean, also like, you can't just drop like stacks of standardized loadout cards across the board. Like, that's so difficult and long to balance. You're gonna have to release them in some sort of waves. So some factions are gonna have them more than others. I guess. I mean, like, I don't know. The inevitability of releasing things. <laughs> Well, and I think that kind of goes into the next part of the discussion, right? You know, is can you create a, could we see card packs, standard loadout card packs, um, instead of just like a hot shots pack, but maybe a hot shots standard loadout three pack or something like that. And it actually includes <laughs> other factions. And, and and I look at scum and I say this because the reason they hate scum, and I don't give a shit what anyone says, they hate scum. <laughs> Flat out. They do not like scum. They don't like list building. In my opinion, I don't feel they like actually list building. Like, if you look at their game mechanics and that they have with MCP, you don't list build in the same way we list build. It's just, it's not a mechanic of MCP, you know? Um, And I feel that they have never personally enjoyed that piece of X-Wing. And there's a lot of us that do enjoy that. Not, 
me as much. I like to list build, but I'm not good at it. Like I, I'll look to you or JJ. I, I, that's not my forte. I enjoy list building. Don't get me wrong, but half the time I'll bring something uh, broken, such as uh, Fearless on Dengar, and um, you know, I not say I never did that. I'm just using I know that as an I, example. We'll get to that. Yeah, throw throwback in throwback to pre pre show discussion. But anyway, uh, I shouldn't do that. That's that's mean to anybody not there. Um. But, uh, literally everyone but us yeah <laughs> anyway so you know like i don't know and and, and that kind of talks some of these uh standard lot of cards are very aggressively priced um what if we had a pack that came out and they were all aggressively priced is that okay because that's what we're going to see like in republic you see so many standard loadout cards now comparatively and they finally said okay you can't take standard loadout contrail and you can't take standard loadout um uh click, click anymore and you, you don't see take a, build your own. Anakin anymore either. Which is cool. I would love for them to have packs of like standardized loadout cards. That'd be really cool. Um, you'd have to do it for like things you haven't released yet. Like there's no reason to do it for like a Kirax, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, as a person it who... has to be stand unfortunately it has to be standard edition right now. I, a... I don't how about this, Alex? I don't know. If they gave me extended stuff and then did an extended tournament at worlds like you want to know what i would not care about getting an invite to worlds i would probably play in the extended tournament because i think it would be fun actually there is an extended tournament that is giving out a world's invite i would would do that i would and i would run scum so there you go yeah i'm just throwing it out there so it looks like jj joined us oh did he i can't hear him so he should I hopefully not be talking at all. I know you can. I bet the stream can hear him, but JJ should message people before he just joins. Well, I would if you know somebody would check their messages. Yeah, well, I'm doing a podcast. The okay. casual podcast, okay? Her podcast is casual. casual. So um, you I'm, texted me saying setting up. You didn't say I'm here. Well, okay, fair. All right, fair. So, so the guy that went three and two, would you let's give, give me go ahead and start talking, and I'll bring your image into the screen for everybody to see your beautiful so, face. Where the fuck is my hat? Hold on, hold on. Where I know it's at your house. Is it? Get, uh, I, go. I just go came on. in, dude. I, I didn't go, see anything on my door. Hold on. So. Before you talk, I'm gonna let Alex finish his point. Go find my hat. I'm dead I'll have serious. to do that. I'll have to do that later because it's not in my front door. So I, it's probably Ugh. like in the office, honestly. So I don't know. Um, so I'm just saying a quick guy because my voice is shot after streaming all day. Um, but it's it was such a great time over at Nova. Um, thank you so much for everybody who said hi. Um, I had a blast over there. I did go three and two. I came very, very, very close to making cut there. Um, I got uh, I played Ryan Sanisuski round two. Um, I got absolutely steamrolled after I failed a ailerons uh, so with Vizier, which hey, put JJ. Me, yeah, we didn't go over Nova specifically because we assume you're gonna be in here so. Oh, yeah, yes. We, yeah. So we we'll get to that eventually. Nova. Yeah. Okay. yeah. We're talking yeah, yeah. standard loadout. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Standard loadout. So, I, I, as a side note, I did purchase the starter pack just to get standard loadout Vader, the SSP version. Um, yeah, we need a standard loadout card pack just so we can, <laughs> you know, not have to do that. <laughs> Pay to win, Vader. It's fine. You can always run right. starter pack Luke. That's another poorly priced standardized loadout card. Yeah, he, he 
the fact that you know Luke is the most common Rebel pilot, he's the auto include in almost every list, even more so than the two point Sabine run. Um, it's it, it just shows the the effectiveness that Luke has on the meta right now, specifically for the Rebels. I mean, you see Luke more common than anything else in that meta. It's always Luke plus three or four of the ships, and I think for what he can do i mean having access to two to proton torpedoes having access to r2d2 which helps regen shields which if you haven't uh, if you hadn't had a chance to see any of the gsp streams uh take a look at the josh benjamin um the josh benjamin matches that were on stream today um that was so key at keeping luke alive and then bring him back into the fray to finish off other ships um that is just such value at that price point there um there there has to be some sort of balance to make both custom pilots and standard loadout pilots viable um and honestly i think it starts with just making them the same price so that way you can um still make a decision on which one you want to run and giving them just enough loadout to be competitive with the customized version or sorry with the standardized version um, of it without being too broken right because if you break down the individual cost points of uh of standardized loadout luke um with everything that he can run you're getting such a big value there over the six point uh customized luke um that um that probably can't run the same amount of things that that one has so yeah all right. So the last piece of, of this is is and then I do want to move into Nova because yeah. I want to make sure we cover Nova tonight. <clears throat> Though you should text your wife right now and have her go find your hat because <laughs> otherwise I like I, I the other so right now we're at two weeks. You owe me two weeks after the final um Super Bowl showdown that you have to wear that hat. Whoa, whoa, whoa so, hang on, hang on. First off, when did you order the hat? last week okay so how do i owe two weeks if it didn't exist two weeks ago? because you're not going to get up this week so <laughs> you, you i'm I'm. this week counts as two weeks because you won't go get the damn hat all right um, fine whatever uh so the last piece of this is the, the and this is so so i th i think one of you know i think jane brought up a good point right you know like not all the factions have these yet and you know a standard loadout pack would be amazing um for this type of stuff but what happens with the dead on arrival, right? Do we, and, and this is a question to the group. Uh, do we have more dead on arrival standard loadout cards than we do regular cards? Or does it just feel like that because you immediately look at it and go, eh, nah. And I will uh, say there's a five point Captain Jonas that we're all going to go, mm, nah, <laughs> like, yeah. mm, no way. Cause, oh, you gave me a, a double modded Tomex Bren. You know, like, yeah, I can't have Barrage Rockets, but I got a double-modded Tomex Bren twice a game. I mean, come on. You know, like, Futois. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so Alex, uh, do you feel there's more dead-on-arrival standard loadout cards, A, and B, does it even matter, right? Does it actually even matter, or are we complaining about something that's just kind of a, a misnomer in this, this type of a conversation? I think there are maybe a little bit more misses than there are hits but they have the ability to change that. Uh, like maybe uh, some of the other Y wings, uh, boy, Y wings gets lower in points. Maybe some people will bring a Dex tree 
Dexterity or whatever. <laughs> um, you never know. <laughs> he's a little defensive, but he's not worth it at four points. But you bring him at three. Uh, you know, especially if they start pumping up the cost of some other really efficient ships. Um, you know, it, it really, I like that they can adjust it. Granted, they're probably not going to do it a lot. That's to your point. But I, I think there's a lot more misses than there are hits. Um, yeah, to me, it just feels like they, they intentionally, um, they intentionally price a lot of these higher out of range because they're kind of testing out certain pilots and then we'll bounce it out later. Honestly, this is still a problem since the start of 2.5 with just the, the lack of granularity in the points, not being able to price ships appropriately uh, within a close range. Um, so that way, even if there's just slightly more expensive, you still might consider running them if they're just a few points more and not having that lack of granularity, you know, building 220 points. Um, it definitely hurts whenever there is uh, like a bunch of cards that are priced too high that you no longer run. I mean, if you look at like Siege of Coruscant, for instance, like the Tri-Fighters were not viable when they first came out. They were just way too costly um, in order for you to run them. Um, it wasn't until the points balance was dropped a few of them down to three points and then a couple of others down to four points where all of a sudden we started seeing a lot of those Tri-Fighters start showing up in a lot more lists and becoming a lot more viable. Um, same thing with the the vultures as well. Um, and honestly, I think it's it, it'll take some time uh, before they get it right, and we start seeing them priced competitively, so that way we can start seeing them more in the meta for all the different ships. And I mean, we do know that, at least for the sequel trilogy, we got the Battle Exegol pack that will be coming down for down the line. The next thing that's coming out soon will be the um, the Battle of Endor, which will introduce more Rebel and Imperial ships, unfortunately, um, for all the sequel faction players. But you get a at least you know tie, tie, uh, Defender Elite. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know me. I love me some chits, but... Mm-hmm. So to kind of wrap up, like I, <clears throat> I kind of agree with you. There, there feels like there's more dead in arrival. It feels like we do need more car packs, which kind of goes contradictory to me saying, "Hey, I would like to keep this game customizable." And and I guess my my overall belief is that the game should remain customizable as much as possible, and that standard loadouts are a supplement to the game, not an enhancement to the game. At least at this current time, that's how I feel. Um, and I don't feel, I feel like they're trying to enhance the game with them and I don't agree with that piece of it, but I do agree with some of the, I do agree with, with some of the pieces on the board of saying, Hey, this is a way to make things more balanceable in factions. I have a hard time balancing ships such as scum. It would be nice if we got more standard loadout scum ships that were viable against some of these other ones because they can't seem to balance scum to save their life. So I have one question that's actually kind of interesting. Sure. How many standard loadout pilots is too many per customizable one? Cause like you know, my the, opinion. Yeah. Like my honest opinion, anything more than two. That's why I'm asking. But, <laughs> yeah. Anything to me, anything more than two. And this is why this is actually what drove this conversation is we now have what, um, like two Lukes, we have three wedges. Have you know, three, or not, Lukes. three Three Lukes, Lukes three Jonas's, wedges, three. Uh, 
and so like that's where to me that's where they're saying hey what if i just give you guys all standard loadout cards and you play the game that way let's just let's just play the game with standard loadout cards instead of building your own and and then i could just release a new one when you don't like this one i can just give you another one so i could have 17 bloody vaders to me that's bs and that's that's what drove the reason why i wanted to have this conversation because just, that's how I feel. Just as a counterpoint, right? And we're talking strictly customized pilots at this point. I know that we have multiple versions of the same pilot. However, we also have a pilot that has existed prior to standard loadouts that have had multiple versions of, namely Anakin Skywalker, for instance. But he's existed in different points of his life, piloting different ships. Same thing that's with different. Wedge. Well, hang on. We got Wedge, right? Because we have the customizable Wedge and the A-Wing, and then we have the regular Wedge, which is the I-6, and then we have the Battle Yavin Wedge, who's the Initiative 5, and now we're going to have the Battle Endor Wedge, who's, again, an Initiative 6, but with a totally new ability. So do you feel that would, that would be an equal comparison in terms of like comparing Wedge, for example, to Anakin. You know, it's, it's no. the pilot in name, but he's in different stages of his life with different abilities. No, because it's just, it's like there's two effing ships and only one of them has standard loadout cards. So no, I don't feel like... And, and, uh, here, I'm going to go back to Destiny, right? I'm going to go all the way back to Destiny and say they gave me like different Count Dooku's, right? With different abilities and different sets but I could customize the goddamn thing how I wanted to based on the deck I built. So yes, I built different decks based on that, but I still had the ability to do it. So if they gave me a standard loadout card that didn't have a bunch of garbage behind it, like upgrades, and they just gave me that pilot ability, this would be a whole different conversation. So like, like give me, yeah, except for you could give me three different Vaders in an X1 with different different abilities. No, they didn't. Not just one of them has one. one. No, one of them has an extra shield. Alex, but I can't add upgrades to the other ones. Right. I can only add upgrades to one of them. So give me three of them that I can add upgrades to that have all three different abilities, if that's what they want to do. And then it's a different conversation. That's, I'm very pro that, and I'm okay with that piece of it. Yeah. Give me four wedges in an X-Wing that have all different abilities, as long as I could customize what I put into the damn things. But that's that's a balancing nightmare for them. Super difficult balance, yeah. Yes. And well, I get that. Well, I mean, honestly, that's to me, that's one of the strengths of the of the standard loadout cards is that you're able to put in specific upgrades and specific abilities into those standard upgrades or those standard loadout cards that help make that that pilot feel very unique, very different than something that you could build on your own um, without having to worry about a balancing across every other pilot and every other faction uh, with it, you know? Um, yeah. GG, I, mean, I made that, I made that their internally balanced point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I it's, honestly, there, there would be a lot of upgrades. I would not want to see across the board contingency protocol being one of them, honestly, for, for CIS. I think that's something that should be unique to siege of course on um, droids. And that's something that should be openly available for every single droid across the faction. Yes, because you're so worried about my droid that gets the other action or get the other tokens from the other one or takes an extra action and can't do anything because you just killed one and you killed the next one with the other ship. No problem. Don't worry about it. It's okay. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. One of my flax decided to get a target lock to go with their tel- calculate evade, and then you just killed it anyway, and it didn't matter because you just threw a pro- proton torpedo at it. So, 
But it's a waste of a proton. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's that 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 upgrade is not. Oh my god, do we need to have that conversation? That that upgrade is really not that powerful, and we got effed because they created that for a specific scenario, and the born for this was created for that scenario. But the born for this actually is like in a million times better upgrade than yeah, the rest I agree of with the that. contingency protocol. I, mean, I, I don't know. I, I definitely agree with that. I think uh, born for this should be nerfed a bit but um but yeah that's we're digressing let's let's check out nova <laughs> all right i don't know if i agree with you but so i get the last say because it's my podcast and i'm gonna say that standard loadout cards are fine for the game but if you wanted to make it better give me a regular card with a different ability and let me build my own list around it <laughs> All right, can you hear sound now? I just went through a whole rant for nothing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there we go. Well, I know why. Luckily, you're okay. muted. Then... Can you? No, it's not that I'm muted. Can you hear me now, Jane? Or Matt? Yes. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. know why. I'm going to blame JJ because I'm going to blame JJ. It's all JJ's fault because he did not get the lion's hat I sent him that actually won't <laughs> arrive until September 5th. Um, but uh, <laughs> I looked it up. It's not your fault. I'll admit I'm wrong when I'm wrong. I was wrong and uh, your lion's head is not actually there. So I wear it for one week less now because it's your fault. Nope. Yep. No, it's exactly. Right. No, that's, that's how it works. How that works. Yep. <laughs> no. No. I paid a bunch of money for that damn hat. So. All, right. All right. So let's now talk Nova. The reason we wanted to talk about Nova is, and, and why I'm excited about it is because we actually got to send somebody there that got to experience the new Gen Con-ish uh, format that came from Chris Allen in person, live, in action. And what I want to know is, JJ, you get three minutes to tell me how you felt the format was. Did you feel it was fair? And uh, why did you come in three and two? 
<laughs> so the format uh, was your uh, you would get you needed 10 mission points in order for you to advance into the cut uh, for uh, which would have been Sunday uh, today in order for you to advance uh, once you played one of those first two days for the heat. Um, so every win that you got gave you three mission points. And then if you happen to tie, um, it gave you uh, one mission point for any ties. And of course, losses give you nothing. Um, so you essentially needed to go at bare minimum three one uh three wins and one tie in order for you to advance over to the second day there now even if you did get that tie it actually didn't guarantee that you would make it into the cut reason being is that they went into a top four format after that so on day two they played two more rounds of swiss with everybody they made it to day two and then the top four with the strongest strength of schedule which is going to be the first tiebreaker uh would advance into the cut and play in there from there um as far as my round uh, for or my uh, my path to play this year, um, I uh, I lost two games. Uh, the first game that I played was against Ryan Stanisuski, uh, who went undefeated in Swiss. Uh, he he absolutely steamrolled me. Um, <laughs> it, it was actually. It, mostly my fault for for the way I, I i started off the match so i i intended to uh have my vizier uh, try to get around his formation in order for me to kind of like uh, start messing him from the back and i ended up messing up my ailerons um not being able to fit and then that caused my vizier to do a uh, three bank right into the front of my mauler and my <laughs> and my vader uh causing a three-way block um and then that just screwed up my entire game wasn't able to successfully recover from there and i lost very terribly 20 to 1 to brian um but he is a great uh a great guy i had a great time even even with that massive screw up there. The second loss I had was against Ben Doyle. That was an exciting game. That game was probably one of the most intense games I ever had. Um, a, I lost 19 to 18, um, but it came down to the final shot. I had a range zero shot against a botless Bodica that needed just one damage. I rolled natties, and he responds with rolling natties right back. And... <laughs> he survives and we just won and like we just like let out this yell at the end of the match you're like oh my god and, so, and it was just it was great i had such a great time with ben doyle ben ended up making it into uh day two and um and unfortunately didn't get to the top four but uh that was such a great game I really enjoyed it yeah and i will say you had two very close games that yeah. you you played so you know I guess to me, like, I know I probably had a little bit of reservation about the the specific format aspect that we talked about a couple weeks ago, but mm -hmm. looking at it, like, it does feel like we've solved the let's just draw, like, scenario. Like, that's what it feels like, because if you look at Staniszewski and, um, I can't remember the other one, but uh, Staniszewski was the 5-0 and from Friday, mm -hmm. and, you know, Cody was a 4-1, and Cody couldn't lose or draw day two, right? But mm -hmm. Ryan could easily draw day two and no problems asked. And when you get to that point where you're finally seven rounds in, like if somebody draws, it's not as big of a deal as if they're drawing four rounds in, right? Like you're still, now you're having to play, like he had to play, Ryan had to play at least one round of the top finals, right? Like he had to play one round of the top 15 people between, you know, 70 people in two days. So, 
Um, I will be sad my crate bets uh, did not always pay out for me, but I won't be sad to say um, we had some locals that made top cut and some uh, fans of the show that um, have also made that top cut, though I am sad JJ did not get a chance to fight for his right to fly his ships. (laughs) Yeah, no worries. I mean, it it, um, it still was a great time. I was able to uh, to commentate with Dion uh, today uh, during the the final day there. Uh, we had a blast doing it, um, but it was it was definitely such a great atmosphere. And that's something that I really like about these large events, these regional events, is that you know you go there, you see a lot of people that you only really see online, and you get to uh, talk with them, hang out with them, and it's it's such a great blast. And even though I didn't make it to the top there, um, it was just great just being there with everybody i was able to bring my family with me so we also did a lot of other things outside um but yeah it was a great time so that's why you didn't want to drive to michigan to pick me up to take me there to take me home there i see it now yeah it it has nothing to do with like a 20-hour drive time for me yeah you're right (laughs) no jj (laughs) if you were in michigan you would have been the three people from michigan that did ahead of you in in the first day (laughs) fair point all right So looking at lists, so I pulled up the top, um, essentially it was the top 17 for uh, Nova for day one, right? And and unfortunately, I got to talk to um, Pair from uh, uh, Fly or uh, Pattern Analyzer I, to figure out how we can fix getting all of these lists into one, um, because I'm going to have to give you statistics from both days, and um, it's not as favorable as I had it before because Roll Better changed their mechanic to allow for this, and it used to not happen that way. So it's it's a, it's fine. It isn't a big deal. I just think that we can look at um, lists. The other thing we're going to do is we are not going to cover top lists until the end. I'm going to cover my top three favorite lists that did not make cut, um, plus JJ's list, just because uh, that's not my favorite, but I feel obligated, especially since he joined the show uh, tonight, to cover his list, even though I just want to throw it in the garbage. Um <laughs> He's running Vizier for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, anyway, um, but sorry, I got to give JJ a little bit of shit. So if we look at these top lists, we kind of see, you know, so Staniszewski has a unique list. Cody has a unique list, except for if you've listened to our show before. Um, we've covered that. Or if you've listened to the Best Ben Benchwarmers, Alex's other show, you definitely know that Cody's list has been brought up more than one time. Oh, yeah. Um. Duncan Howard decided to go crazy and run something that um, we've kind of seen before, but not really. Um, so there's that. There's that. Um, then there's JJ's list. Um, and um, then there was a couple of cool. Uh, there's a couple of cool other lists that I wanted to go over tonight. But if we look at faction distribution, Rebels in JJ's day, Rebels was the top one, and Empire came in a close second. Um. Rebels came in at 35% of the distribution list for the whole day. But FO performed the best, thanks to Cody. I <laughs> <laughs> got him. Um, so Cody and, um, I'm and trying to remember, Chance Crawford, those mm-hmm. two both had top. The FO had such a low showing that those two making top um, pushes them over the edge in terms of performance. Same with Stan Mazuski, um being able to kind of push that resistance marker up to the top technically faction records um resistance comes out on the top with the best um win rate percentage thanks ryan uh uh my right before first order so 
It's not planned. You just shut up, Alex. It's not planned. <laughs> Can I actually do um, one shout out though? Yes. Uh, one of our locals, Josh, he actually came in eighth that day. He's flying Rebels. He had the hardest strength of schedule. Uh, his first round opponent was Duncan Howard. And he beat him. Uh, yes. And that is Duncan Howard's only loss was our boy Josh. He got Josh because Josh only rolls really good dice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least for that game. <laughs> uh, in general, Josh just rolls. I don't get it. He's great. Like one of Zach's best friends. He's he's good player. He's been playing Han forever. So it's it's time to shine. <coughs> so when we look at <coughs> excuse me, when we look at the top pilots, no surprise, Rebels takes the top four slots. Then we have L O S D Asty. I hate saying that. Asty. Hello Nasty. That's what he's named after. Look at that. Vizier. Eking it out over Vader. Somebody took more Vizier than they took Vader. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, it wasn't you. You took Vader too, I'll so I don't want Vader. to hear it. You know why? It's because they have such a granularity with Vader's that they they're split now. So that's why Vader Between didn't make it up. Vader. Yeah, starter Vader, boy Vader, custom Vader. I'm not uh, custom Vader, JJ. Yeah, it's <laughs> wishful thinking. It's wishful thinking. <laughs> and then Rhymer was the other one. So. Why don't we start off, JJ? I'll let you tell us your list, and then we'll just ignore you for the rest of the uh, the rest of the hour. <laughs> so my list is a Galactic Empire list. I uh, ran the starter pack Vader, uh, which comes with uh, with hate ion missiles, afterburners, and then uh, his ability to um, spend a force to take additional actions after he performs an action. Uh, followed by that, I had the Battle Yavin Mauler Mythal, uh, which comes with afterburners and predator. Um, and then after that, I had Marek Stell in the Thai V or excuse me, Thai X one, uh, with afterburners, marksmanship, and dead eye shots. And then I had Lieutenant Lorier in the Thai interceptor with lone wolf and uh, targeting computer. And then to round off the list is Vizier in the Thai Reaper with seven sister and Captain Hark uh, to round off that list. Um, I gotta say, in in Pretty much all my games, with the exception of Ryan, my my match against Ryan, um, my vizier was super super key. Um, just providing that essential block that I need uh, to um, like help gum up the opponent's ships and then jam and then also coordinate on those rounds. Um, just super super key uh, <clears throat> for me for those matches um, that, that that came very very close. Um, especially in assault to just being able to contest several objectives at once, um, it uh, it really helped me pull ahead to to really uh, win those lists. I've, I was actually able to successfully uh, double jam Han um, at least in one of my games and uh, prevent Han from having any tokens, which uh, led for me to really punish Han and uh, and really cripple him so that way he couldn't um, like take a bunch of shots against my ships with mods. Uh, so that for me became very critical for what my, I believe it was my last game uh, where I was able to uh, pull out a victory against the rebels uh, for that list. Did you ever marksmanship 
a hit to a crit and then dead eye yes. shot it. Okay. I yes. was curious about that. Yes. I, I pulled that off, I think, three separate times, uh, being <laughs> able to pull out a fuel leak on one and then crit into it later on. That's rough. <laughs> um, and then another one was a uh, a direct hit that I was able to pull out. Um, yeah, my, my Merrick was very, very mean, especially on the first uh, match that I had I did against Ray. I was able to pull out a structural damage and Ray just stopped rolling dice. It, it was It was great. Ray died very quickly after that. Because I'm not sure if people realize that combo kind of works together, but it's kind of sneaky. Oh, yeah. But on Merrick, yeah. I am not sure which is the correct call for that. It's tough. I mean, which there are times that I wish I wish would have had um, a fire control system, so that way I didn't have to spend my lock on one reroll. Um, and there are times that I wish I had Magpul's warheads just to guarantee a crit went through. No, I mean, um, like keeping the crit for Merrick specifically. How do you well, make that I mean, decision? So if you have the bullseye, right, you can um, you can change the crit using marksmanship and right. then um, and then spend it and then change it back with automated targeting computer and then change it back into a crit and then just, you know, roll your dice again um, or vice versa. Right. And you think that's a better yeah. shot of just having yeah. one for a dead eye than just having two crits in? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, it, it, it only works, though, if you have damage on that ship already that right. you're attacking. So but if you're shooting against shields. It's not going to work. So typically in my list, I had Vader and Mauler soften up my target. And then I had uh, Merrick come in and then inflict the status effect afterwards. Uh, so that's how I typically uh, ran that. So, yeah. Yeah, you can't flip cards. They don't have any. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. Okay. So I have a question real quick. Mm -hmm. If you change marksmanship into a crit, spend it with dead eye shot. Mm-hmm. And then re-rolled. How did you change another no. crit with advanced? No, advanced before you changed the hit back to a crit. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just want to make sure you weren't cheating, JJ. That's no, all. no, no. Like I... it sounded for a second like you were cheating there. You're like, oh, let me re-roll my dice with my target lock, and then I'm going to change them back to a crit. And I'm like, no, 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 you can't, you can't do that. No, did you get an extra win you shouldn't have? Um, Watch me. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> So good run, JJ. Um, you know, a little disappointing for you. Unfortunately, you didn't get into the top cut. But I mean, you being able to have fun. I mean, really, that's the reason you go, right? It's, yeah. Um, yeah. it's 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 not to be the top person though. That would be nice. It is to have fun. And hey, you got to come out commentate with Dion. So I mean, like that's kind of feels like a win win to some extent. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It so, was a blast. It was an absolute blast. Yeah. Dion's a great guy to commentate with. The best, I will tell you, the best part of the commentary on Sunday was when Dion got pissed off. And Dion does not get pissed off very often, but he got pissed off at the, uh, the commentator that said something about not knowing about Bartos' list. And JJ has hung yeah. out with me way too long because JJ transitioned it. Like, it was the best. Like, you need to go back to Dion and be like, hey, by the way, you need to have me on because I transitioned your hatred into a, like moving the conversation forward because that was the funniest thing. Like, I'm, and I'm dead serious. Like, I actually tuned in like a half hour before that. So I'd, I hadn't been watching all day because I'd been busy. Flip it on. And I'm just listening to it. I get in the shower. And all of a sudden I hear JJ. I can hear Dion starting to get pissed off. And I can hear JJ go. And uh, so blah, 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 blah about this. And then I was like. Yes, way to transition. JJ's hung up with Tanner long <laughs> enough to know when I go on a rant too long, you just transition the topic to something else to shut me the fuck up. <laughs> the funniest thing, though, was um, he believed that the crates wasn't worth it. That was the funniest, like, little side trip. Oh, my gosh. That was the funniest thing. Oh, man. 
definitely re, uh, if you if, again if you guys haven't seen uh today's streams from uh, gold squadron um if you're subscribed definitely go on and check it out we had some great games on there it was a blast all right the next list i wanted to cover was a ray list alex this is different we have not seen shaza and corpus in the same list recently what is this list well i'm going to tell you wrong because we talked about it last week um, the same list, uh, very close, if not exactly the okay. same. Yeah, um, but you know, maybe I was sleeping. Was super cool. Now, we, mostly we focus on chorus. We didn't really talk too much about Shaza, uh, but yes, this is Ray with Rose, Patience, Finn, Engine Upgrade, Heroic, and Ray's Falcon title. I'm still going to mention, like I did last week, that I still don't agree with those loadouts. Contraband, man. Contraband's where it's at. Yeah, I I could just sloop again. It's great. Take an action. Um, LO, Heroic Marksmanship Optics. Merle with Baffle Heroic. Shaza with the R4E R5 Droid. Targeting Computer Engine Upgrade Dorsal. And Chorus with Dead Man Targeting Computer Engine and Dorsal. Again, my favorite way of running the Resistance Wise without wartime loadout. Uh, Baffle Heroic's Questionable on Merle. I'd rather take Crack Shot. Uh, I'm trying to remember if I said anything else last week. I think that's about it. Advanced optics on an i5, questionable, but it works. Hits hard. Yeah, it does. <clears throat> that does definitely. That one will definitely hit you hard if it can get it off. I assume yeah. it's mostly because of the talon roll behind them, so no one else is shooting at you. Optics kind of style. Yeah. Yeah, this was, I believe, my round one opponent that I ended up facing. Uh, it came very, very close at the end there. Um, he, it, it did end up coming down to Merrick Steele, uh, just getting that structural damage onto Ray, uh, which helped me get the win there. But uh, this was definitely tough. Um, he, he did end up serving Shaza to me early. Um, and I was able to take out Shaza before Ray and Elo can come and punish. Um, but it was neck and neck in that first round there. Um, but this is definitely a strong list. It's, it's, it's sneakily very tanky. You know, those Y wings having a lot of shields being immune to the crits, uh, for early on, um, helped keep it in, in play and deliver shots to my modless ships at that point if i'm spending all my focuses um which uh definitely put a lot of my ships in trouble so yeah how annoying was that chorus well it turns out when you spend all your mons on offense oh well, there you it's go it's not too bad it's not too yeah bad. If you don't you don't have to be rage one either it's fine <laughs> yeah yeah that's fine all right the the last list that we had was a version similar to what i have been running um except for with seismics instead of the lone wolf which again you know, I like seismics. Uh, bombs are good. People are bad with bombs. Um, I don't like Sunfact with Marksmanship Predator, but I do understand um, doing it. If you are that good, you can get it off. More power to you. Um, but essentially, this is kind of like the Dom list that I had been playing around with, except for they added Grievous back to it and took off um, uh, T81 for it. Or... They decided they wanted a better than a Iron Assembler 081 and wanted a D, uh, DBS 404, um, which I just I don't get value out of DBS 404 very often, so I just have a hard time with them. Um, but essentially, they ran Sunfac, Marksman, Predator, and Snare, Dirge, Seismic, the Title, Contraband, Proton Cannons, Grievous, uh, 
standard loadout Grievous with this with the shield upgrade. There you go, Alex. Um, DBS 404 SOC and DGS 47 with the title, or I'm sorry, not the title, the stabilizers, munitions failsafe, Kalani, and cluster missiles. And Kalani allowing other ships that go in your bullseye for you to take a strain to be able to do it and or to be able to get that target lock, which allows for um, really DBS and Sunfact to kind of be double modded. Um, and if Sunfact's not getting shot at, it works out very, very well for him uh, for that. So moving on to day two, we had another amazing day. A lot more people playing day two um, than we had on day one. And I don't know, JJ, do you regret playing day one and should have played day two? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I did. I did kind of regret <laughs> it. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, it was it was a lot of fun. I actually stopped by a few times during day two uh, just to take a look at uh, what everybody was running. And man, it was uh, it, it felt the energy just felt a lot more like intense, a lot more competitive uh, for day two. So for that part, I think I dodged a bullet. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was it definitely looked like it was a lot of fun. So there was quite a few more lists. Uh, they had two five and O's in this day, um, which was a little crazy. And then they had a scum list, baby, a scum list that with four fang fighters that made top cut. Um, we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but I thought, I don't know. I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed that. And I enjoyed the other scum list. And then we're going to make, Jay, we're going to make Alex like review. Cause he's so pissed. <laughs> he's so pissed at me for re- making him review this. Um, you shouldn't have to, you should not have told me. Also, congrats to Pete Lambro. Pete Lambro, JJ was on yet another Yaz or Yasby, Yaxby, yet another X-Wing podcast last week. And if you missed JJ's talk about how he was gonna make top cut and he was the best player ever on that podcast. <laughs> you won't find it at all because I didn't yeah. say that. <laughs> he did. Um Pete was talking about his goal of just making having a positive record, and Pete made his goal. So hopefully they invite JJ on or hope for hopefully Pete or Chris listen to the show because, hey, congratulations to Pete. You made your goal, which is a huge thing that we talk about on the show. And I only want to point this out, and I hate taking a bunch of time for it, but I want to point this out because as a show that works towards helping people as you work through your journey in X-Wing, it's not always about making top cut. For Christ's sake, we have the bloody um, Duncan Howards who could submarine. We have the Crispies who could submarine. We have the Crispies who told me you should never put Notorious on Django, by the way, um, of the world. So I'm going to call you out, Crispy. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, but it's just a joke. But, you know, Pete set a goal of having a positive record and Pete made his goal. And I think that's really important, you know, to have. Like when we talk about these things and we go through this because, you know, Pete goes, hey, I'm never going to make, you know, top cut. But I really would love to have a positive record um, because I've spent so much time investing, though I don't. It's funny. He, I, I don't know if he ran your list, JJ, but it looks like a very similar list to what you would run. Um, and hopefully he took some inspiration from you when you yeah, were on the show. He he had something similar that he was cooking up, something that he'd been playing out for a while, and he just uh, wanted to uh, have a good time. And this is a list that he felt comfortable with. And hey, you know, congrats to him. He He did very well. Yeah. All right, so when we look at faction distribution, again, um, Empire is at the top. The difference, though, is very few people run Republic, but Republic overall had the best faction performance outside of Scum. 
And I will say, Scum made an appearance. It was the same thing. Nobody wanted to run Republic or Scum, but here on this day, Republic and Scum were king. When we look at top pilots, oh my God, it's the same top four. <laughs> How ironic. Uh, the, the fifth one, though, and the sixth one, and the seventh one, oh my God, they're all rebels. All the top pilots that had more than five ship counts were that. So if AMG, if you need a data point, I'm pretty sure Boy Luke needs to be fixed. And that should have been fixed, in my opinion, in the last points update. But I'll I'll allow you to slide. If this is not a big enough data point, AMG, I don't know what is, man. Like, this is insane. Oh. 14 Boy Lukes. Yeah. Out of the 16 Rebels flown, I wonder what the other two people were thinking. Uh, Lebo. <laughs> That's what they were thinking. And you can still bring Luke with Lebo. It's fine. Yeah, it works. You, you do. You, you still do that. But yeah, like yeah, but Rebels had double the, more than double the amount of any other list brought there. So that's not super surprising that yeah. they're in the top seven of the pilots brought. Yeah. It's not. All right. So the first list, Alex, what scum list? In, is this your favorite scum list? It's a, and why is there a fearless on Dengar? Yeah, okay, so that happens. So uh, this this list uh, came in 11th. It has Fen Rao with fearless clan training and shield upgrade. Lima with R4 ion cannon turret. Just don't care about her ability at all. Bosk with marksmanship expert handling. Leighton Ashara with ion cannon and fearless. And then Dengar with R4P agile gunner contraband fearless and punishing one. Uh, you do see Fearless on Dangar uh, probably about once a tournament. And uh, that doesn't work at all, ever. Yeah. Now, if you're wondering why Fearless doesn't work with Dangar, and it's mainly because Dangar does not have a Ford arc. He only has a turreted arc, and Fearless only works if you have that front arc there, uh, printed front arc on the on the ship base there. So, unfortunately, um, the, the the person who built the list didn't quite realize that, and it's a mistake that everybody's done. Um, but, but, yeah. yeah. Um, I've done it. I've hey, done it. I'll admit. I've done hey, it. it would work on things like ion cannon turrets and whatnot, if it wasn't only primary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's still a front arc attack, but it has to be printed. God, it's arc. only primary, though. Yeah, whatever. I don't care. If someone's going to ion cannon turret beat range one with Dangar, whatever. <laughs> That's on them for only doing I one mean, damage. If you didn't put Fearless on there, what would you put? What, Contraband? Contraband. Or, I mean, not Contraband. Um, no, there it is, Contraband. No. Uh, oh, my gosh. Uh, the one where you you get rid of a, a token or a regen when you charges, cutthroat. Cutthroat, yes. No, no, you put on like expert handling. Oh, uh, yeah, expert handling. Yeah. Um, I, I've seen a lot of people uh, talking about this kind of Dangar because Agile Gunner is only one point, and that's still actually kind of useful if you don't have a shot, especially with Dangar's ability. Um. Granted, they still have to be in your front, but like it kind of works out weirdly. Um, yeah, I mean, like contraband, I think is the way to go with this. You could um, put in uh, like spare parts canister. I've also seen so you get the charge back on R five P eight or break a lock while you're at I six, so you don't get like torped. And occasionally, you'll see like um, a lone wolf. Um, 
but I'd still rather take expert handling. I would too. Yeah. I like me some expert handling. All right. The next list is from Sevwall. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Sevwall plays in our NCX league, right? JJ? Yes. Yeah. So this, and it was funny because this list, I was, I was watching the stream um, on, in fairness on Saturday quite a bit, just because I, we were sitting around before and I was just doing chores. I just had it up. And in the chat, somebody's like, oh, this is a total Sevwall list. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I've seen this in Nickel City more than one time. Because it was Sevwall. <laughs> yep, it was. Yeah, you didn't know on stream it wasn't. I didn't know on stream until somebody said it. So in this list, they have Commander Malaris with Magpult, Kylo with Enhanced Jamming Suite, uh, Instinctive Aim, Concussion Missiles, Advanced Optics, and Phonetical. Lin Gava, which is essentially the special piece here, right? Like, this is the Sevwall, um, like, this is what he's been running, they've been running specifically for a while. Lin Gava with Fanatical, Prouch, <laughs> and Pattern Analyzer, so you could just do crazy things. Um, it's the objective getter, and I will be honest with you, I 100% rooted for them to make cut. Like this, yeah. I wanted this list in cut, um, for that for the, for the pure fact that it had Lin in it. I just really wanted that to work. Um, Lieutenant Lahoos with Proud Tradition Pattern Analyzer, Special Forces Gunner, and then Quick Draw with Fanatical Proud Tradition Pattern Analyzer, SFG, and FCS. Good job, Sevwal. That was I. I will tell you that was a good run. I really enjoyed watching you on stream. Um, and I'm a little sad that you didn't get into top cut, but it is what it is. I still think that's a very good list. I would yeah. run my Kylo differently, personally. That's not my Kylo um, that I would run, but I understand why people like that Kylo better. Um, but Lingava, chef's kiss right there. Just like, thank you for bringing something that's not meta. Um, and telling us all that you can do, you can hit top 12 with a non-metal. So with that quick draw build, do you just like one hard slam, one bank, shed your stress, shoot because he lost a shield and again get an action? Because <laughs> yeah. you can do he, that. Yeah. They they did not do that, but that's a good idea. <laughs> I never Honestly, about that. for me, I would, if I was running this list, I would number one, have collision detector and quick draw. And number two, have gas clouds and then set myself up where quick draw ends on a gas cloud with collision detector, ignores it, and then take shots and hopefully have like trick shot or something like that if you wanted to like really aggro that. All right, and, stop it. And JJ, then stop it. You, you number you're one, wrong. prevent quick draw from getting any locks on them because as long as you're on that gas cloud, your opponent cannot take locks onto quick draw. And then number two, you're giving quick draw an additional die. And he's he's double tapping through that gas cloud, and then you set yourself up for a uh, a sloop behind them or hard one or whatever you want, and you have pattern analyzer there, and there you go, you're behind the list. They now have to contend with the rest of your forces catching up and quick draw right there. So I mean, it's it's nice. It's very a very niche type style, but that <laughs> absolutely could be really good kind of style. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. It works once and then it doesn't work after that. So, yeah. That's why I bring seismic charges. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Look, in this list, the Lingava thing, I just like this is 
and 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 to give AMG some a little bit of credit here, I know I've kind of dogged them a little bit tonight, but that Ling Gava, like this is the type of thing I like to see, right? Like this is unique. This is definitely different than what we've been seeing. Yes, we have some similar pieces, whatever. Um, but just being able, like, <laughs> I literally watch LaHue's sloop, like, do, like, I was a three bank and then a sloop or something like that. Something crazy, weird. And and then, like, be behind the opponent to shoot. Like, nobody shot at LaHue's. There you go. It's a, it's a very, Lingava has a very great gimmick. And I feel it's just overshadowed by some of the meta staples. But I feel that it is definitely beneficial. Yeah. So, JJ, what did Ted T bring? Which I don't know if Ted was ever on stream, yes. but I rooted for Ted to get on stream. Yes, Ted was on stream, and I and I'll bring that up in a second here. So we got CIS here. We got Cad Bane with Proton Cannon, Shield Upgraded Marksmanship, Dirge with Proton Cannons, Proton Bombs, and Marksmanship, and the title IG Eleven uh, with Proton Cannons and Shield Upgrade DGS 047. not IG Eleven. Right, IG One One One. Very different droid. Yeah, um, DGS 047 with the stabilizers, Django Fat Crew, and concussion missiles. Uh, which, if you're not familiar with Django Fat Crew, you can essentially spend a lock they have on an opponent to convert, um, uh, I believe, a blank into a hit, if I'm not mistaken. Focus to a blank, it's Django's oh, ability, but you have to spend a lock to do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then we got DGS-286 with the stabilizers and cluster missiles in Kalani, and then DFS-081 with energy shell charges and indie calcs. Um, in the game that they played, they were able to actually get a proton cannon shot on a Han, if I'm not mistaken, and was able to get it off there, which was just amazing. I just happened to be walking by um, when that happened, and it was just one of the the funniest things to ever see like actually happen because you don't expect a very low initiative ship to be able to line up a bullseye shot like that, especially proton cannons. Uh, but it happened and it, it did pretty well um, for, for what it did there. Uh, but a really great list. I actually like this. This is a fun list. And if I had one more HMP, I would absolutely put this on the board to play. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'll tell you what, I rooted for this list to be on stream, just specifically, <laughs> like I did, because I think I think this is, I think, again, when we talk about meta and all these other things, and and I, and we really we really need to move on. But when we talked about meta and all these things, this list right here, like this is pretty good. This is like, I will tell you, this is definitely niche. You know, like, uh, IG one eleven is definitely a weird um take, right? Because you could run a higher initiative, you could do all these other things, but I think in this world, like I think Kalani works very well in this list. Um, and I, like, I don't know. I feel like I need to go back into my books and pull out these cards and play this tomorrow because this looks like a really, really, really fun list to play. So, all right, let's move on to Sunday, day three. So. After you made a cut, essentially, right? You had to play two more games of Swiss, and then the top four would get chosen, mm -hmm. um, which probably is beneficial because if you think about it, by that point, most people um, have had enough X-Wing to choke a horse. Um, so they're either hungover 
um, or they're drunk like Alex would be. Like if Alex were in this day, he would definitely be drunk. I want to know how many beers Cody drank is what I want to know. Probably a um, ass load of beers. Yeah. <clears throat> but today, I want to know on Sunday, how many beers did Cody drink is what I want to know. So um, uh, Cody Cody uh, was was hurt. He, he had to take some meds uh, for his right arm. Uh, so he couldn't do much of that. Um, but it was the okay. funniest oh, thing. You say because, that, man. I was drinking with Cody so after he tore the funniest, the funniest thing, though, is that when whenever it was time to play, then all of a sudden he takes off his arm brace and he's like ready to play like nothing. And I'm like, this guy just went super sane and took off his weights. It's right the wrong place. <laughs> it was the funniest thing to see. Man. Straps down. He's Kurt Angle. He's yep. ready to go. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, it was great. <laughs> now to us, I will say Cody is hilarious to play with because so last time I played against Cody, Cody looked at me. He's like, I've had something to drink. It's going to be a for fun game. Either you're going to win or I'm going to win. And uh, it's going to be what it is. So let's have fun. And I was like, all right. All right. Like I'm here because I want my store champ. And he's like, and then he, he ended up knocking me. Uh, he was my one loss that day. Um, but he didn't win. He already had his one loss, so it didn't matter. Neither one of us made um, our champ. But it was very exciting to see Cody's um, silencer uh, and Malaris list actually do well. Um, overall, he was seventh out of everybody in the the whole tournament. So um, kudos to Corey. Like I will say, very very good job, Cody. Cody. Corey. Cody, God oh, damn Cordy. it. Cordy. Cordy. Yep, Cordy, whatever. Mr. Fuck Wood. It's Mr. Mr. Wood. Wood. Yes. Good job on, on your run. And um, if you've never played, if you've never played with Cody ever, like that should be like something you should strive for as a life goal. And I will tell you, um, it is hilarious to play with him. I'll never forget. We were down in um, at the Rust Cup and it's like round two or after round, either before round two or after round two. And I had to go outside and get some medication for my stomach. And Cody's out there sitting there drinking beer. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you know, it's pretty early, right? He's like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I was like, all right. I was like, you know, like we're all playing for something. Now, in fairness, West Side beat East Side that time. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> just remember that. And uh, <laughs> but anyway, it was hilarious because he, he's sitting out there. He's like, you want a beer? I was like, I don't I don't I don't drink beer. Do you have whiskey or something like that? He's like, no. But if I did, we'd be doing shots. I was like, all right, <laughs> like I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, man. Um, but yes, Cody, Cody's a blast to hang out with. If you've never um hung out with Cody, um, so long story short, the idea of the day is rebels, rebels and republic. Though Empire did better than their cut ratio, um, for it. Uh, top pilots, I only went for the top five. Um, no surprise. Uh, it's all Rebels. Um, sadly enough, it's all Rebels. Um, except for Oddball, which is Alex's favorite um, pilot of all three time. Three the so, list, man. So I'm just saying, like, there you go. Told Pretty you good. it shouldn't have been four points. <laughs> yeah, I know. We know. We agree with you. <laughs> um, so do you want to cover uh, top? List first or bottom list first? Bottom list. Build up the suspense. All right. Yeah, let's go for the bottom. Yep. All right. So bottom list, I'll tell you what. Whoever wants to pick, I'll tell you. <laughs> Alex, me. you pick one out of 13, 13 14, or 15. Which one no, would you like? I got this bottom list. It's scum, baby. They did something, sort of. They, they made it. They got into the playoffs. 
there's always that one crazy person that brings scum and then somehow makes it up there. And that's that one guy. He went with Fen Rao with Fearless, Enduring, and Baskar. Really doesn't want those crits. Joy Rakoff with Fearless and Ion Torps. I'm so glad he brought torpedoes because he read the card. Some people bring concussion missiles and don't realize it says torpedoes on his card. Uh, no one reads scum cards, and that's kind of a that's kind of the joke. Exactly. Cad <laughs> um, Solus with Fearless and Beskar, and a Mandalorian Royal Guard with Fearless and Beskar. Doesn't care about the ability. No medium and large base ships. Brought it because it's an I four and hates yep. tour fun. Also, Bosco's mm-hmm. on that list as Dead Man Switch. He's <laughs> um, an afterthought, yes. I'm assuming Mandalorian Royal Guard is because he's I4. Uh, Dorfon yeah. is three, uh, and then the four works with Cad Bane, Joy Rekoff, and Bosk, actually. Um, and then you got Fen Rao. I assume everyone jousted this list. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's why it did really well. Yeah, exactly. And that's and that's the strength for these Mandos, right? Just being at range one, um, being able to get that uh, Concordia face off there. Uh, they're going to do some damage, especially with Fearless. If you joust them straight up, this is a list that will absolutely tear through your list. Like, it, it can do some damage. Yeah, I have it for pretty good Joy Rekoff in range one. Just spends his Ion Torp, and now he's Wedge. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> especially after it took a range one shot from a fen oh yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely easy mm-hmm. yeah it is really interesting that enduring on fender really just trying not to take crits there i assume yeah absolutely and it actually works really well right because you have the best card reinforced plating um that helps you mitigate um one one crit that can come through and then enduring helps you take care of the rest right and if you happen to uh take like a target lock um or just focus on repositioning and didn't take a focus enduring if you suffer that crit um you can uh, take a red focus if you need to um so it does open up a little bit of options there for fenra but you're mainly using enduring to make sure that you're not taking crits and avoid it as long as you can avoid the bullseye uh so yeah it's really hard to do when you're just straight jousting him at range one <laughs> yeah I, I i would probably assume that fenral was probably more the flanker on there because fenral doesn't necessarily need to well, probably just joust when they yeah. were at range one and enduring when they weren't right <laughs> exactly yeah yeah exactly maybe they used the other ability of pascar and just took that like <laughs> i don't mm-hmm. know um structural and flipped the face on no one does that though yeah, no. Let's get rid of it. <laughs> All so right. That yeah. I'm glad that yet again some crazy MF just took scum. <laughs> I, I mean it's it is it's look, if Charles were here right now, Charles would approve of this list. So Yeah. I love fangs. I just I, they're not your style. I wouldn't you bring. Know. No, they're my style, hundred percent. I just wouldn't bring them right now. <laughs> that means they're not your style. Overall. You know, I mean, Hans and Boy Looser are out there. Literally every single list. Yep. Sure. Yeah, want, yeah, we we, we know. <laughs> I don't want that. We know. So, um, taking a look at the number fourteen, it's a list that we've seen a lot. Uh, this is the uh, Paul Heaver list, which is uh, Siege Coruscant, Anakin, Padme, Siege uh, Coruscant, Jag, Wolf, and Oddball, uh, which is we've seen a uh, very uh, tough list to get through. Uh, the one I want to cover is number thirteen, Miguel Justiano. Uh, this is one that I got to commentate on. He was the 
uh, the first match that we have in the morning here. So he's playing a CIS list. He has Dirge in the uh, Rogue Class Starfighter, which there are a total of four in this list, and we'll come back to that in a second. So he had Marksmanship, Proton Cannon, uh, the Thusanadu Blood title, and Proton Bombs, Catbane with HLC, Ion Cannon, and Baffle, and then two Magna Guard Protectors with Sync Laser Cannons, Discord Missiles, Independent Calculations, and then T81 with uh, the Siege Corson version that comes without Maneuver, Burners, and Contingent protocol um i got to see this list play against a, a rebel list uh that did not include han actually uh this was a magma yaro sabine luke uh hera and bodega list um those manicar protectors uh see them play um and mind you uh, miguel was a person who uh got his 10 points and advanced day two to play this year so he did very very well and i did get to play him at richmond open with it's a different list um so he's a very very good player um just seeing how he deployed those those uh, Magnacard protectors in the center and then uh cad bane and dirge on the other side he did have um he did have dirge as the guarded uh for uh magnet guard protectors and just being able to be aggressive at first with those uh vanguard protectors you know setting up the range three get the sync laser cannons out and then slow roll in slowly while dirge comes in around the sides of it and basically making sure that they're always in that arc there um really really helped keep uh, that dirge alive all, all the way into the end. Um, the dice didn't help him out for that particular game, um, but it was definitely really interesting to see how he played that. Uh, DIST 81, um, zooming around the corner, uh, getting those outmaneuver shots in, uh, definitely helped. Um, and unfortunately, Miguel ended up losing that particular match, but it is definitely something that is worth looking into. Um, if you can fly those Manicard protectors right, um, you can you can definitely do some damage, one, because they're initiative four and they match up very well with CAD. Um, and two, uh, they can definitely help your whichever ship you want to guard live longer um, as long as they have those calculate tokens to help um, help do that ability reliably. So I have a question, just weird question. How often did he use the independent calculates on the Magna Guards? Um, every turn or every, just like once? It pretty much every turn. There was only, I think, two turns that he wasn't able to use it because he bumped and you can't do a double calculate when yep. you bump. Um, but every round that he didn't, he, he, he did the independent calculations every time. I guess the reason the reason I ask is a little selfish because I ran five of them on TTS just for fun, and I have been considering buying a second rogue pack mm -hmm. just so I could do run um, a version of this list um, in and of itself. I don't like HLC Ion Cannon Cad Bane, um, and I would not. I would put the Xanadu title on Cad Bane in this case versus. Um, dirge yeah but that's just you know whatever that's it's a, a preference that's personal preference um i mean dirge but what i found with than cad bane so you have a better chance getting the bombs off right yeah sure you're you're right but mm, uh, anyway that we alex we don't <laughs> let's let's not spend let's not sidetrack into that but <laughs> the problem the the issue i <laughs> i ran into is those magna guard protectors had a hard time turning around um with when you started like doing the double calculates and they were too predictable and easy to block. I will say they were, this style of list is insanely fun to run. Like I loved it. I loved running five of them 
Um, I would run four of these and a and DS um, T81 all day long. Like this, this is a Tanner list. Um, and this is like, you know, four T70s essentially without, yeah. with missing one shield um, and a little bit worse dial. Um, two attack dice. And two attack dice. Well, that's why you bring the other stuff, you know. Or um, no four dice attack. Uh, no conditional. That's a conditional Fortnite attack. Literally no Fortnite attack. <laughs> so, all right. Anyway, I feel that this is a fun list, though. Yeah. All right. So number fourteen, we're, we got to move on. I I don't want to spend. We're, <laughs> yeah, we're already we, two and a half hours. We, we skipped fourteen so. already. We went over that one already. So let's go on to yep. the next row. Yep. All right. So. Out of the next row, um, number 12 was a, a somewhat unique, um, you know, Republic list. We had Boy Luke, which we don't care about. We had Bodica with Beskar, Mando, Optics, and Predator, which seems to be pretty similar to what we see all the time. But we then had Bentic Two Tubes, which I love Bentic. I love me some Bentic with Perceptive, Jin, and Hopeful. Sabine with Beskar. And Hera with Magpult's Dead Eye Shot, mm-hmm. um, which I really would like to ask Nugans how often he used Magpult's and then flipped so, it down. So this was uh, Ben Doyle, and that was oh, okay. that was my second loss um, where uh, he he won by that that, that one point there. Um, so he was able to use uh, Hera. Actually, he used both of Hera's Magpult's warhead shots. Uh, on my ships, uh, I just happened to evade both of them. I got lucky because Hera just rolled uh, blanks into blanks. Um, but if they would have hit, um, it would have absolutely crippled uh, my attacks coming in. Uh, Hera being able to target um, my Merrick Steel and my Vader and would have essentially, uh, since she was shooting first, would have uh, completely knocked out their um, their ability to uh, roll three dice, uh, which would have absolutely like decimated my, my list there. Um, I think it is a really, really good uh, list there. That I shot is just a bonus. Um, you're, if you have happen to uh, roll a, um, uh, a focus that you can't mod um, and you have damage on that ship, just spend it that I shot. It's a bonus. It's not going to always work out, um, but it's there just to to be there. Um, but Benthic Two Tubes definitely was the crux of this particular list, just providing those focuses over to Hera um, so that way she can pass them on to anybody else or double mod her shot if she needed to. Um, so it was uh, a, a really nice list. It was, it was good. Grasser also ran this list except for he had hopeful on Hera. Yeah. Um <laughs> he actually lost to both Cody and Josh, which is great. Um but <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah no I think it's a cool list. This is actually something I would probably fly <laughs> uh more so than a Han list just because I like me some degenerate Heratani things. Uh I didn't I enjoy that kind of stuff. Yeah, the next list is almost identical except for uh, Bodica has Marksmanship and Deadeye Shot, and they're running Magva Yarvo um, mm-hmm. with Jyn Erso and Leia, Leia Organa. Mm-hmm. So it gives you the force, or it gives you to do the crazy turnaround maneuvers, which I kind of like a little bit better than Bentic. I just I think Bentic's fun to run, but um, in fairness, like. Mar Magva is probably really good uh, over that. You yeah, give her a double evade with Benthic though. 
Yes. True. You can. Yes. Which is really dirty. <laughs> or like an evade and also enable Hera to take a, a lock for Magpulse, which is what I like about it. Mm-hmm. So next list is Missing Link. Yeah. JJ, what did they run? So we got a first order list here. We got Kylo Ren in the um, in the silencer, silencer. Uh, with yeah with proton torpedoes, events, optics, fanatical, and instinctive aim. Lieutenant LeHughes with uh, special forces gunner, barrage rockets, and marksmanship. Commander Malaris with cluster missiles, scorch with fanatical and crack shot, and then DT seven nine eight with deuterium power cells to round out that list. Uh, this feels like a very offensive minded type list. Uh, Kylo just being able to essentially double mod those proton torpedoes natively, kind of like a Luke Skywalker, um, and Lieutenant LeHughes with barrage rockets and marksmanship. Um, if Kylo um, gets a lock and just uses optics in the force. Uh, Lieutenant LeHughes can mod those barrage rockets, which Kylo's lock on that same ship there. Uh, it's a really, really nice combo, especially since they both engage at initiative five. Um, and then Scorch DT and Malaris can finish off anybody that survives from there. Um, it feels like a really nice offensive-minded list, especially if you can um, set up that kill box uh, for your intended target. And I think in this list, I would run Commander Malaris with Magpulse instead. Because yep. it feels like Magpulse could shoot first and really just yep. like just be a dick move. Yeah. You know? And shoot it out from further, right? To match the proton yes. torpedo. Yep. Yep. What do you think of that Scourge with Fanatical and Crack Shot? You, you uh, weird. Seen that before. You don't. I mean, if you're facing a high agility ace um, and you're going to be the last shot on that, uh, on that against that ship having that crack shot available to make sure you get that guaranteed last hit in there it always always worth it yeah not my style i would not run an i4 with crack shot <laughs> i mean i run an i1 with crack shot but... i mean you'd be surprised i mean there's if you look across the board i mean even though there's there's a couple of like i5s and i6s you're still seeing a lot of i4s and i3s i mean if you look at cis you know, all those manga guards you know all the cad banes in there uh at rebels all those bodicas at uh at initiative four you, you'd be surprised how many you're gonna run into and you're gonna get that opportunity to get that crack shot off yeah and there's things like padme and wolf and jag and mm -hmm. han is just bigger so you can hit them bullseye them yep <clears throat> all right Next list, Alex, what did Famous the Bofalin run, which is definitely different than what we've seen before? What is it? Yeah, so he brought X-Wing Wedge with Plasma Torps and Elusive. Boy, Luke, because you have to. Saw Guerrera with Hotshot Tail Blaster, Tactical Officer, K2SO, and Notorious. Keo with Conk Missiles, Lone Wolf, and then Sabine with Beskar. Um, that's a very offensive list, let me tell you. And if he ever played Cody, he would win because Cody can never beat any wedge, any extra wedge. It's hilarious. He just never wins. Um, I mean, Saw, I guess I can see Hotshot Tail Blaster, right? Because it's the cheapest illicit you can bring for notorious um and i don't know you don't want dead man because you're a medium base tactical officer in k2so you're really just passing out a lot of tokens i'm not exactly sure who you'd be coordinating other than like wedge off the initial engagement seems a little bit i mean it's it is only three points i'm not sure what else you could bring 
So there's that. Yeah, no, it's it's okay. I mean, it, you could bring electronic baffle and upgrade hotshot blaster to contraband. So yeah, that, you could. That's what I would do. That's hundred percent what I would do. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know if hotshot blaster ever got off. JJ, why the hell did you not like find out if this guy ever like used hotshot tail blaster? I just want to know. I just need to know. I mean, they have um, two crew. You could just bring him like novice tech instead of like baffle. But sure. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I mean, you could just continue stopping until you have your own ability, which is kind of funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, next list is from Vomit Blood, which is my favorite name that ever exists in X-Wing. Thank you, Vomit Blood, for letting me say your name almost every week. JJ, what did Vomit Blood bring? And it looks almost identical to what everything else. Another person could yeah. Yeah, exactly. This was a uh, a, a four ship of Rebel list uh, that we saw uh, do very well in the top cut here. So we got Fenrao in the Fang Fighter with Crackshot, Predator, Beskar Plating, Han Solo with Perceptive Co-Pilot, Chopper Crew, Bastan, Engine Upgrade, Millennium Falcon, Kyovenzi with Juke, and Boy Luke um, to round out the list. Uh, the effectiveness of this list cannot be understated, uh, specifically with Han Solo and Luke Skywalker. Um, you that pair, uh, that combination between those two ships, it just absolutely pushes out the majority of offense on this list. And if they happen to shoot on a concentrate fire in the same ship, there, it can pretty much bring it down to its knees and then Kyo Venzi or Fen Rao can come in and play cleanup for it. Um, and it's surprisingly does well, uh, very well in objectives. Um, we have a very similar list for the runner up, which is uh, Josh ben Benjamin who ran pretty much the same list and uh, was able to uh, beat Ryan Sanzuski on stream uh, for the top four uh, on salvage, by the way, uh, where he had the, it's probably the weakest objective for it. And, um, and just being able to uh, punish offensively and then kind of redirect and go grab objectives later on. It was so, really good. So you want to know what Han loses to the other Han? Four-ship Han loses to five-ship Han every time, it seems. <laughs> so, Which is I mean, because more five-ship Hans are... Um, actually, more four-ship Hans have been brought more than five-ship Hans lately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's true. All right. Alex, what did Cody bring and why is it your list times two? Cody brought nothing good and it was hot garbage. Next one. No. All right. <laughs> now, Cody's been flying. Uh, he brought his tr a triple silencer list, things that he's been flying for like the past five or six years at this point, honestly. Um, so he brought Malaris with Magpulse, which is what we agree is probably where it's at. Uh, he brought Blackout with Proton Rocket, Sensor Scramblers, Lone Wolf. Hits super hard. Um, rockets are always great. He brought Kylo with Proton Torpedo, Sensor Scramblers, Marksmanship, Extreme Maneuvers. He's been trying about three or four different styles of Kylo, and I think he settled on that one because Spike Damage is really good, and Extreme Maneuvers is super, super good, too. And then he brought Rush with Advanced Optics, Predator, and Fanatical because I wouldn't lend him my sensor scramblers. Um, also, I think he's been settling this because it hits so hard when it's an I-6. It's disgusting. Just to get behind someone, you have Predator okay. and Fanatical. 
Can I ask why you won't give him sensor scramblers? He didn't ask I need... this time. Okay. All right, all right. <laughs> no, I almost always do for tournaments. He just didn't do it this time. Um, and he only owns two sensor scramblers. So, but no, it's it's again, it's a Cody list. He's been flying this for like legitimately about five years or so. Some variation of it, except for now they gave him a Tie Fighter that had Magpulse at two point five. Yeah. Because he used to run recoil because blackout was six mm. points. Now they just gave him blackout, and he's like, "Cool, I have an I five and also rockets and lone wolf." Because you only have four ships in there. And um, unlike most people, Cody just doesn't straight joust the other list, so then people get really confused. It's great. All right, next list number six comes in with Empire. JJ, what? Did he run that seemed to be better than your list this week? What was it? <laughs> the correct crack. <laughs> so we got the Lieutenant Lurier with crack shot and targeting computer, Major Reimer with saturation salvo, barrage rockets, seismic charges, and the late fuses, the uh, Captain Jonas with sat salvo, barrage rockets, and bomb generator, Tomex Bren, uh, the new one that came in the, the bomber pack with uh, true grit, plasma torpedoes, and ion bombs, and then we have Rack with Ruthless, Death Troopers, Darth Vader, Agile Gunner, Electronic Baffle, and the Dauntless title to round off the list. Now, what makes this list very good is that combination of number one, Death Troopers, number two, Darth Vader crew on Rack, which helps you strip the token off of a ship um, or make them uh, do damage. And it gets even better once they're stressed because you're pretty much always pushing damage with Darth Vader. And then you have the two bombers uh, with Saturation Salvo and Barrage Rockets in Jonas and Reimer going into that likely unmodded ship. And if they happen to roll good on defense, guess what? You're going to get sat salvoed and they're going to start pushing uh, damage there. Tomex Bren always delivering that initial punch with those plasma torpedoes, um, being able to uh, take out extra shields out from the beginning, uh, basically setting up the rest of the list to go in there and finishing off somebody. Uh, I got to say, Lieutenant Lurier with crack shot is something that I seriously considered for a while. I ended up just sticking with Lone Wolf because uh, it felt better for my list. But in this list here, if you're able to uh, keep somebody stressed to the point that they can't reposition, it is very, very good on Lieutenant Lurier to finish off a ship with that crack shot and uh, make sure that they die. So, yeah, very good. All right. Next list, Duncan Howard. Alex, what is this hot determination that is not <laughs> SOCs? I don't I don't even understand it. Tell me what I'm missing here. It's uh, 7B Anakin, Predator R4P17 shield upgrade, which uh, seems like a pretty solid Anakin, especially if there's Chopper somewhere else in your list. Which is on Adigalia, CLT Adigalia with Chopper and Debris Gambit. You know, take your Chopper Evade when you're close. Uh, it becomes white. Take your normal action. Shoot people a little bit harder. You have SOC Oddball. And then you have not SOC Wolf, the better wolf with Veteran Tail, R4P, and Expert Handling. Uh, I mean, you got two Jedi, two Arcs. It's Duncan. He's super good with ace style things. Adigali has an I-5. Oddball's an I-5. And just uh, let it go to work. All right. Fair enough. Now we're into top cut, baby. We're in the top cut. Where is it at? The top four list. We have Anakin, AOC, Oddball, as uh, AOC, 
<laughs> Anakin SOC, <laughs> Oddball SOC, Wolf SOC, Jag SOC, and Padme with protons, passive sensors, and marksmanship. A very common staple that we have here. And I will say I, I like this list. I still think it's a pretty good list, and it's nice to see a Padme in the top cut here. Now, Alex, what did our boy Staniszewski bring from Michigan, making number three and eking out the number three position here in Nova? So this is a list he's actually been kicking around, uh, talking to us actually about it, seeing what he wants to do. Um, I feel like a lot of this relies on people just not realizing that ferrosphere pain exists. <laughs> but he's bringing Eloasi with plasma and ferrosphere which is wholly unique. No one's ever run that before in their goddamn life. <laughs> um, but it's okay. I questioned a little bit on the plasma torps instead of something like M9G8, but it seemed to work out. He has Snap Wexley with R68 and Ferrisphere Heroic. Kaz with Targeting Computer, False Transponder Codes, Notorious. And he's been flying Kaz basically since he came out, so he's very experienced with him. And he brought Jess Pava with BB Astromech and Ferrisphere Paint. And then Lulo, the one ship that he told me he'll never run because he hates it, and I told him it's still good. He brought the shield upgrade, <laughs> Ferrisphere, and Marksmanship. I will give him so much shit for this. <laughs> like, he uh, dead-eyed looked at me. He's like, nope, not good. Won't ever play it. Like, Ryan, no, it's good. I'm telling you. No, just just ignores me until he brings it and makes, you know, top four at a major event with. This is my Lulo. win, not his. <laughs> Lulo's great. I love Lulo. You guys have been hearing me talk about that for months. Yeah. I agree with you. Ferris Fear Paint is a little bit of a unique thing. And I think I feel it is what I feel about it is a yeah, nobody knows this. Therefore, yeah. uh yeah, you want to take it so, and I'll uh, go fuck yourself. No, it's so good against the field though, right? Because yeah. it's really good against faders. It's really, really comical against anything in the Republic like jag or something because every time you take a lock it's a stress mm -hmm. <laughs> so yep. you can't do a lot of lock shenanigans padme does not want to be stressed yeah uh luke, luke luke he can be stressed but it's not preferable uh so it's, it's like anything that wants like lock constantly or incidentally gets a lock um like malaris can use her ability if if she locks you and she doesn't bullseye you yeah. Which is funny because I claimed this is one of the best upgrades ever and everybody shit on me for it. And finally, at least somebody took it to top table because I'm telling you, like, I was very pro Ferrisphere Paint for forever. Like, yeah. this is like the upgrade I was uh, obsessed with, like, yeah. hands down. There's a local we play that always runs Ferrisphere Paint on his T70s, runs five, five T70s, always runs Ferrisphere Paint. I'm assuming that's where Ryan took it from because he's very frustrated playing against this guy. Uh, but no, it, it's a solid upgrade. It's just three points on a, on the D seventy doesn't have a lot of points to spare. That's I think people's problem with bringing Ferrisphere. 
Yeah, in the and just for the the listeners that don't know what Ferrisphere Paint does, so it is a tech upgrade for the uh, for the resistance that allows you to, uh, whenever an enemy uh, takes or acquires a lock on that ship, if they are not in, uh, if you're not in their bullseye, uh, they either gain a stress or they have to break the lock that they just took there. Now I got to give props to Ryan because he, uh, I pretty much every game um, that I I was near him, um, and we played with me and we played on stream was constantly reminding his opponents um, about the interaction with uh, with Ferrisphere Paint in case they weren't familiar with it and making sure that his opponents understood there. So that's that's Class A uh, play, um, um, what is it, sportsmanship on, on Ryan's behalf to make sure that his opponents knew that. Um, it is definitely something that reminds me of like the stress builds uh, from the old 1.0 uh, with, uh, with the rebels and, um, and also the old uh, rebel captive where like, if you, if you decide to target that ship, you're just going to get stressed constantly. That's exactly what it reminds me of to a less degenerate degree. Uh, but yeah, a, a, in the, in a meta that is now very target lock happy, or at least there's a lot of ways to get target locks. Um, this is definitely really good tech to uh, slow down the maneuvers of your opponent. Christ, can you imagine if we had Rebel Captive nowadays? Oh gosh, no. Christ. Please, no, ban. stop it. Stop it. Stop I, it. Stop super it. thematic, nope, but oh, um, never want nope, that in the game. Stop it. Nope, stop it. <laughs> um, and like I said, I, I, I will never take credit for the Ferris Fair Paint piece because I don't fly republic or uh, um resistance very often but i will just say is like like i'm sorry like it's great tech against a lot of things right now <clears throat> especially you know like the one thing it doesn't work very well against is the hans of the world so you know it's not surprising that ryan's um struggled a little bit but you know ryan has in fairness ryan has always been a very um fair sportsmanship guy um i play I guess like play every time we play a damn tournament, I guess like playing against Ryan. So um, <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. We are fated to play each other every fucking time. <laughs> um, and I, I lose, I've, I think I've lost out of the five times I've lost four times no. out, of, out of the five. So, um, but in, in either which way, like Ryan has always been a very good sport. I um, highly enjoy playing against Ryan most of the time. Once in a while, he gets a little cocky, and it's like, hey, buddy, you know, but for the most part, Ryan is a um, very genuine spirit, and when he does get a little cocky, it's just he's excited. He's not really being a dick to you. He's he's genuinely one of the nicest people I've ever met, and, like, when we went to Worlds, like, he literally came by every single round and asked how I did, like, every single round. It was like, hey, how'd you do? Did you do good? Did you do bad? All right, hey, look up. You got a, you got a next round. You can make it, buddy. Don't worry about it, you know, so... Um, Ryan is, is truly like, if you talk about sportsmanship, Ryan is one of the people, like I would say, Hey, if you want an example, look at that guy. That's the guy I would look at every single time, um, for sportsmanship. And, 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 you know, you know, like, like I said, he's, he's won a lot of things. He knows what he's talking about. Um, I'm very happy, Alex, you can rub Lulo in his face for the next like five years. So, Forever. um, when, by the way, when Ryan comes on the show, the name of the episode and the image is going to be Ryan with a shocked face and Lulo. So <laughs> it's, it's going to happen. Hopefully he doesn't listen to this. So he doesn't know it's coming so we can make fun of him. But, um, all right. So top cut list, I'm just going to cover them. Um, and then we could talk a little bit about them. They are essentially almost identical. The difference is one list has Fenrao. The other list says, I want wedge and Sabine. That is literally 
the big difference between the two. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make a statement. You guys can disagree with me or agree with me, but the difference in the Han builds is inconsequential in this format when they played each other. Like, I think they are different Hans when it comes to the meta overall, but when they played each other, like, I don't really genuinely see like a huge difference. Like one has chopper crew. The other one has trick shot, right? You know, like, um, to me, the proper build would have been to take the runners up list, except for with all of the other upgrade or all the other ships. But with that guy's build, I would not run the trick shot build. That's just not me. To yeah. me, that seems a little silly. Um, I understand why they do it. And it's all in, you know, how you build your list and all of that fancy jazz, but they are essentially identical lists minus one. The, the winner ran trick shot, perceptive, this stand, uh, title, the runner-up ran Perceptive Chopper Bistan Engine Upgrade title, which is my preferred um, Han build. And then they both ran Boy Luke. They both ran Keel with Juke. Um, and then one, the runner-up ran Fenral with Crackshot Predator Beskar. And the winner ran Sabine with Beskar and Wedge with Marksmanship Predator. And I will say on Wedge, the marksmanship predator like triggered what once? I think once in the whole game um, that they played. It was not much. It was just one time. And I think the big difference here is when they, they had to play assault and the trajectory that the winner went in and how they played was superior. In, fa in fairness, Wineco played superior to Josh in how it was. I don't even think this is a dice statistical thing, personally. Um, so, you know, uh, when I, I think trick shot did matter twice. Um, the first shot and the last shot. So the first shot was he was able to essentially do a one straight uh, that lined up the edge of um, of Han against Fen Rao um, and was able to take out, I believe, three hole. Uh, from from that Fen Rao, and then uh, essentially take out the shields off of uh, Keo for that initial engagement, and that absolutely hampered the effects of uh, Josh's ships to be able reliably to go in into Han, who was essentially untouched. Um, and then the final shot against uh, his Han, he was able to get a trick shot off, which he was able to re-roll into a full string, which ended up eliminating um, Ben's or uh, Josh's uh, Han Solo, which got him the win uh, for uh, getting those last seven points on there. Um, definitely the objective portion of the game it mattered a lot. I mean, if you look at the uh, the score, I believe... Um, the uh, Wynand was able to score, I believe, 12 points off of objectives alone. Um, so that that is a huge, huge amount of points there. Um, and being able to still keep pursuit on the rest of the list and essentially have Han as the, the front man to, um, like, completely harass and destroy uh, half of the ships that were on the board for this opponent is a big deal. Um, but I do agree. Overall, when you take a look at the other games that Josh played on stream, um, having that engine upgrade, having that chopper available um, came in so much more. Um, it was definitely worth a lot more. 
uh, overall across the tournament that I think having that trick shot is. Yes, you can have the possibility of having that spike damage to go through, um, but ultimately being able to take actions and get your Han, who is your most offensive piece on that list, into a safe spot and then still take a shots afterwards is the most important thing on the list. Sure. What I want to point out, though, is the two pivotal points in the game, like the one round where he lost, where where Josh lost two ships in one round, had nothing to do with trick shot. Yeah, no, period. No, no it didn't. But like, so, like, yeah, having no shields though for the beginning, that that didn't matter. So, but that's what I'm saying. But they didn't take Fenrawal well to begin with. No, that, no, that's not who they were shooting. And that's so. So my problem, my my thing becomes is when we talk about Han versus Han, five ship Han beats four ship Han every time. I don't think if we talk about a full tournament, which is better, is a whole different conversation. But gotcha. I don't feel in a mirror match, four ship Han beats five ship Han if they both have the same player skill set. Yeah, and the other part too is the the scenario objectives as well, right? Because I think you have more of an even shot if you're playing like let's say scramble and you're able to reliably contest um uh, scenario objectives um, I think you have an easier time at higher initiative doing that and that would be easier for Han to do that um, but when you're playing uh, an objective like assaults where you just need to be in the area and um, Wynan did a great job of essentially boxing out Josh from the bottom of the board where there are three objectives um, and was able to capitalize on that very very reliably yeah around zero <laughs> setup yeah round zero was huge yeah all right, Alex. Anything else before we wrap up for the night? I think I'd personally play five ship Han over four ship Han, um, but I just like five ships, so that's about as much I can contribute to that. <laughs> All right. All right, so one last announcement before we go. Um, we are planning to do the Planning Phase Syndicate Showdown in October uh, here in Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm just uh, looking to nail down the final dates here. Um, we will be having, uh, it will be a streamed event by us. Uh, we will be having uh, prizes to give out and stuff. Um, so if you are in the North Carolina area, uh, we'd love to have you guys come down. Uh, we are planning to try to have this done over at Atomic Empire in Durham. Uh, and uh, we hope to see you guys over there. Uh, we're working to make this a store champ uh so that way uh the winner can get an invite over to worlds and um and have a great time over there so we'll have more announcements on that once we get the final details on here uh but we're definitely gonna have that in october um so we would love to see you guys there so, have fun uh so you should uh you should think about moving it to november but i uh, can't there is an event happening in november there so i can't do that every single weekend uh the first and third weekend yes and then we have thanksgiving i'm just saying you're, you're killing me <laughs> october is when my daughter has surgery so oh, like you're yeah, saying hey yeah. let's 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 do an event where we call it for the show and then you can't come because well, your daughter has to have cancer surgery we'll, so we'll have to discuss some details um off once we're done but yeah yeah all right um, if you are from Michigan and you would like to um, have uh, any sort of in enjoyment about Sword Champs, we have like a million of them coming up. One every single um, week. Yeah, yeah, literally, we have one for the next like two months, literally. 
Um, so if you would like to join us, we will have one in Lansing on September 10th, 8th, 10th, right? 10th, September 10th has one in Lansing. September 16th has one in Livonia. That's what I'm doing. Uh, which Alex is running and there will be special cards. So if you would cool like, things. um, we will not show them tonight. We'll do that next Sad. week. Um, Alex will take some pictures and we'll put them on the stream for next week. Uh, the week after that is the Kentwood Store Championship in September. If you'd like to join us at Out of the Box, the week after that is the Ann Arbor one. Oh, it's an Ipsy. Um, it's Matt's Ipsy one. Whatever. Ypsy and Ann Arbor are the same thing. I don't <laughs> fuck you. It's the same thing. I don't care what you say. Um, it, but it's the same area. If you want to join us in Ann Arbor, Ypsy, uh, we have another one. The week after that is the big one is the Michigan GT. If you are not signed up for that, I know the price is a little bit more, but the Michigan GT always gives out prizes essentially equal to what you paid to get in up to like 50% of the, 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 the tournament. Um, we have two store champ kits. We're giving away there. If we can get enough people um, to go to that as well as Alex has created cards um, for Michigan GT, which has our logo on it. So Michigan GT is the first um, real weekend in October, the 7th, 8th, and 9th. If you would like to, yep, there you go. There's a marksmanship card. has our logo right on it. It is an amazing card. We have 100% sponsored this um, event. JJ supposedly is going to come out, but we don't know if we believe him or not. Um, so we'll see <laughs> if he comes out or not. If he does, he has to wear his Lions hat. So That's done um, and done. Assuming right, that you good. actually ordered for me and sent it to me. I did. I can prove it to you. Um, <laughs> would you like me to prove it to you right now on my phone? I can do that. You, no, let's close you, out, man. Want, let's close it out. You want me to? No? You want me to? I believe you. I believe you. There it is. Oh, see? it's not the actual line. Oh, that's man. not the stupid yeah, beach hat. <laughs> no, it's not the stupid beach hat, and it's not the stupid line. They, they got rid of that lion's hat. Wait, the one that had the lion on it? They, it's gone. Good. Like, it's not there. <laughs> like, I can't find it. I tried. I tried for you, JJ. I tried. Um, <laughs> After Michigan GT, there is the Crossroads event the weekend after. The weekend after that is our Grand Haven um, Sidewinders um, Store Championship. And then there's one after that, but I don't remember what it is. So I'm just going to, we'll deal with that next week um, after that. So lots of events coming up. If you want to come hang out with Alex and I, we'll be at the majority of, of these. Um, we did order some cards. We'll be giving cards away um, from planning phase syndicate um, as we go forward. So with that being said, thank you all. Have a good night and we will see you on the flippity flop. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs>